Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, by the way, that band of snow has, in fact, made its way into uh, Niagara County as it continues to oscillate. Right now, Pendleton is getting the worst of it in Niagara County. And uh, the band of snow, just think about a uh, – actually, actually, at this point, it looks like somebody giving a thumbs-up sign, uh, which might be some cruel joke from Mother Nature as it extends uh, from uh, its, or- its point of origin uh, all the way you know, in a diagonal uh, north um, – northeast uh, direction, uh, but uh, forget about me. David Bellavia is here, so it's Bowerly and Bellavia. We love working together during these uh, situations, and we have uh, David, once again, a man who uh, is uh, amazing at what he does. I think he's a lifesaver, and he's just so incredibly good on the Trocare College live line. We bring aboard meteorologist Andy Parker. Andy, thanks so much for being with us. Tis appreciated, sir. Oh, Okay, I guess I'll do the introduction again uh, once we have him. David, you know, the uh, the technology of meteorology and the uh, prognostication uh, improving as much as it has, definitely something about which uh, I'd like to discuss with Andy Parker because, as you pointed out <laughs> repeatedly, right. these meteorologists have just been so spot on so many times, especially over the past couple of years. Yeah, but they don't like to share their trade secrets, and that's annoying. But I thought I was the lifesaver good at what I did. I was getting all excited about my intro, and then we gave it over to Andy Parker. But Andy Parker is not only great at what he does, he does a great service by educating these schools with that weather machine. And it really is fascinating. I'll tell you what, meteorologists, when they're wrong, they get told they're wrong. uh, But we don't tell them a good job when they're right enough. Well, let's uh, bring aboard a man who's been doing an excellent job and does every time he's on with us and uh, on his uh, uh, internet uh, locations and everything like that on the Trocare College Live Line, meteorologist Andy Parker. Andy, before we get into what we can expect, just out of curiosity, you've been at your trade for quite some time. Over the course of the past, let's uh, let's say, two to three to four years, what kind of technological advancements have been made to allow you and the other meteorologists to be? Uh, so accurate when it comes to pinpointing these uh, oscillating, I said it first this hour, David, these oscillating bands of snow. Yeah, I think it's the, uh, the ability to run the models in a, uh, a more rapid fashion. It used to be every 12 hours, then it went every six hours. Some of them are hourly now. You've got a whole host. So the, the more, when you think about the hurricane, hurricane, <coughs> excuse me, hurricane models, <clears throat> pardon me, guys. It's quite all right. You take all the time you need. Uh, everybody in Western New York has something going on right now. When you think about those hurricane models and you see all the different 
outcomes that could happen. And then uh, and there's the consensus where you, you feel they're all kind of consolidating around this, and that one's the outlier. The more opinions you have, the better you've got – you better have a chance to uh, nail the, the path of that storm. And I think just having uh, all those different voices, knowing what each one leans towards and against, it, it makes it more challenging as a forecaster, but the more data you have – the more information you can process, and I think that ends up leading to uh, generally more accurate definitions of what's going to happen. In the end, it really comes down to how long Mother Nature wants to sit in one spot and how much she's going to drop per hour. And, uh, and that was the case in South Buffalo this morning where uh, it, didn't, it decided, I'm going to stay here an extra four hours rather than slide into downtown Buffalo, and it, it delivered a healthy dose of very fluffy snow. And people say, well, how do we get these totals? Well, when you have air temperatures that drop to six degrees, which is the coldest Buffalo has been since you go back to uh, February 4th of 2023. So it, it's the coldest day in almost an entire year. And now you're pouring this warm lake air, uh, warm lake moisture up into the air, and then it's being dropped. And instead of being dropped as a slushy, heavy, wet packing snow, this is the super fluff. And there wasn't a lot of wind overnight. So these incredible crystalline stacks of snow that seemingly are unnaturally tall, uh, that's what happened. All these snowflakes stacking one on top of another. And uh, so what would normally, in a more heavy, wet situation, come out as an 8 to 10-inch snow, this time came out in a 18 to 26-inch snow. You know, Andy, just uh, before uh, David uh, comes on here, uh, because it's Bowerly and Bellavia right now on News Radio 930 WBEN, um, yes, the winds were not as uh, gusty as they were during round one of the January 24 uh, series of storms we are now embroiled in here in western New York, but um, when you have lighter and fluffier snow, isn't a 45-mile-an-hour wind gust almost the equivalent of a 65-mile-an-hour wind gust when we had that quicksand snow back during the blizzard of 22? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're saying, is there, you know, does that match up identically? Maybe I wouldn't go that far, uh, but I would say that let's, let's do it in terms of uh, rather than wind speed, let's say uh, visibility. And, and where you could have, you know, the same, a different type of snow, the dusty snow can create a, uh, lower visibility instead of a, a an eighth of a mile it's a, a quarter mile or even a i'm, I'm sorry or even a sixteenth and, and sometimes when those uh wind gusts that'll pick up the snow that's already fallen and and instantly blind you for a moment so they're they're shorter blinding bursts of blowing snow Well, do you so want let to me go ask you that. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I just want to ask, what is actually, if you're going to, if there's a way that we're going to see things 24 hours out, you'd said before, I want to focus on the now, right? When we're looking at like the Iowa caucus and they're talking about the Midwest and Chicago and what's happening on Lake Erie and Pennsylvania, when does that become, all right, keep your eye on that. You see this a lot with hurricane coverage where it's like something's brewing out here. By the time it gets to us, we'll focus on it. When does Andy Parker say this is going to hit us? This is real. This system coming from the Midwest, coming off the lake, it's going to pack a wallop. Yeah, you, you start watching them, David. The Sea of Japan is, what, is when you see the first little bend in the jet stream. And then you twi uh, watch that traverse the Pacific. It hits the, Atl uh, the Atlantic, the Alaskans. And then will it then combine? 
with the cold air and does it have the right thing? And you're right. Once it gets to the Midwest, now you're going to focus on that storm track, the center of the low, the big red L. And if the big red L is going to go to the right position on the map, that means you're going to generate the wind speed because the wind goes counterclockwise around there. So it spins a certain direction, and that allows you to determine what the wind direction is going to be as it passes by. So you track the center of that low pressure. You watch to see if that center of the low is getting deeper, if you will, or bombing out. You've heard that term, right? This is a, a, a bomb. Um, and, and that means that the center of the storm, much like a hurricane, gets it rapidly strengthens. And so if these storms of the Midwest rapidly strengthen and it can pull in the moisture and you've got the cold air and it all wraps up and the low is in the perfect spot, you get the winds that come up the lake and it's bringing moisture, taking it from the lake, and you have the cold air and it's dumping it. And that's, and that's what you get. And if that center of low pressure decides to just kind of sit down for a while, those are, one of, those are some of the most epic storms we get because that means you have a prolonged multi-day lake effect storm system. Meteorologist Andy Parker is on the Trocare College Live Line on News Radio 930 WBEN. Shays has canceled tonight's performance of Girl from the North Country. The Sabres game has been pushed back to tomorrow night. Various schools uh, are closed in western New York. Uh, there are various driving bans in effect. All that information is at WBEN.com. And uh, Andy Parker, do you want to talk about what we can expect uh, over the next, uh, well, let's call it 12 hours, shall we? Yeah, let's take it in uh, in twelve hour chunks. Let's get us from what is it about two twenty now. So yes, that'll sir. take us uh, in in through the afternoon and the evening. So this has spent some time up to the north. I actually, I'm watching the snow band right now as it begins sinking slowly back to the south. It's it's disintegrating a little bit. It doesn't have that intense center of the band at three inches an hour. So it started to go to the north. It detached from its moisture source, the center of the lake, and now it's spitting out some snowflakes. As a matter of fact, I'm riding a uh, shotgun virtually with one of the uh, snow chasers up there on, uh, on Niagara Falls Boulevard near NT, and I can see the roads are uh, snow-covered, and it looks like they have several inches on the ground. That's about to come to an end. This is going to begin drifting back through Amherst across Grand Island, and then Clarence, Pembroke, Cheektowaga, and Buffalo will be the next affected as the snow band regenerates or reorganizes, strengthens a little bit later in the evening. So for the next few hours, we're not going to find that intense three-hour snowfall, three-inch-per-hour uh, three snowfall. It's going to be that uh, what you guys described, that the bursts of blowing snow. It's going to pick up what's fallen. It's going to take what's coming down and give you a combination that creates rapidly changing driving conditions because obviously you, you run a blade across a road and Mother Nature decides to put it right back behind them. Um, that's what we've got going for the next several hours. And then as we get into the, I would say, after dark, um, maybe let's call it 5 o'clock, that's when we're going to start to see some intensification because the alignment of the band will be more in line with the lake. It'll be able to pull that moisture source in. We can see that there's additional moisture coming in, some um, other atmospherics that will help it regenerate and continue to go and kind of get a second wind, if you will. As that happens, I think that's when uh, areas like Chicktawaga, Lancaster, Alden, Corfu, Pembroke, and hey, Batavia, you're all the way out there. But this is this is being blown as far as Lindenville, Ridgeway, and Gaines up into Orleans County right now, playing in the north town. So that's going to slide uh, down through the city this after, late this afternoon and evening, and then it will continue to march back through the areas that were hardest hit this morning. Those areas right along the lake shore, like Blaisdell, Lackawanna, Woodlawn, Atoll Springs, Bayview, Big Tree. Scranton, Loxley Park. It wasn't a huge area that got hit with that, 
but the ones uh, they certainly don't need anymore. That will come through and drop additional accumulations there. At that point, it looks like we have the potential to upgrade it to maybe a two to three inch per hour snow event. So if it spends even two to three hours there, you're looking at a quick six inches of snow. So uh, we're kind of running that six to nine inch range pretty easily in a lot of those locations. Then it will continue and drop a little bit further to the south in some of the deeper south towns, it looks like, spend some time down there, and then, uh, and then potentially make a move back with a, a general snowfall on Thursday. Wow. Uh, so yeah, these, it's a lot. It, it's a lot. Well, you know, I, I live quite near the airport, and the airport was absolutely pummeled earlier today. Yeah, they had. Uh, how much snow did you get? What was the what was the number? Your oh, I, I don't. You know what? I don't have a yardstick yeah. uh, handy, but uh, <laughs> se- several inches of snow. And when I heard about the inch rate per hour at the airport, I said, "Yeah, that sounds about right." They had three inches in 30, 34 minutes. Four, I believe the airport put minutes, out. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that's a that is an impressive snow rate. So if you if you prorate that out to the full uh, to the full hour, that was almost a six inch per hour snow rate, which would have been blinding, and it, especially if it came with the winds that are out there right now. So uh, I'm watching a bunch of the textures come in and uh, some of the, your usual suspects out there. Guy says he's listening, and a lot of people want to know, is Angola going to get hit again? Um, and, and so your listeners are wondering, they all have the questions, and yes, this, is, this has been sunny and, uh, and enjoyable for the kids off of school in the South Towns, and they haven't seen a lick of snow since uh, the sun came up, but that is going to come back later this evening uh, for a lot of those communities that will uh, run from um, the uh, the Buffalo out to Batavia, and then it will start to slide through the immediate south towns into the evening hours and a little deeper south towns later in the evening. You know, Andy, uh, before we let you go, you offer a tremendous service to people who follow you, as you always like to say, a meteorologist on speed dial. And I want to give you the chance to talk about your site and how people can become a part of the Andy Parker fan club, of which I'm a member. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is send a text. And uh, I'll throw the text number out there. And uh, it's 503-ANDY. So it's 503-2639. And all you have to do is text the word weather. You'll get an immediate response. But if you have a question, you can just text that just like you're texting a friend, and you'll get a reply back uh, with our best best estimate of what, what the answer would be to your questions. We, we try to deal with just weather questions uh, on, the, on the text line, so uh, we'll keep it there. But uh, everybody's pretty good about it. It's been a great service. It's helped a lot of people. And we're seeing a lot of people that used it last year come back and, and say, hey, this was in my phone, and uh, I haven't had to talk to you in about a year, but now this is great. What can you do for me? And they ask the question. So it's, it's a real neat way to go one-on-one with uh, people who have those questions that aren't being answered from other social media or TV sites. Are you sure that you're not AI? Am I really talking to a human being here? I, you know, you still owe me that drink. So, I, you know, until you, <laughs> until you do that, this could be just an AI. I owe you a bottle or five. Uh, yeah. Meteorologist Andy Parker, thanks for joining uh, David and me on News Radio 930 WBEN on the Trocare College WBEN live line. David, we must take a break. But as you know, uh, Niagara Falls uh, has gotten it and is getting it. And we have the school superintendent of Niagara Falls coming up next on News Radio 930 WBEN after the latest in news. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome, loves. It is Bowerly and Bellavia on News Radio 930 WBEN. And just a trivia note, if David were to stay on until 6, we would break by one hour our previous record set on Christmas Day 2022 of a six-hour radio show. And I'm going to join David at 11 o'clock tomorrow during his program. Uh, right now on News Radio 930, we are clearly two people with issues about working. Uh, right now, joining us on the Trocare College WBEN live line is the superintendent of Niagara Falls Schools, Mark Laurie. Uh, Mr. Superintendent, thanks very much uh, for joining us. And uh, what have you seen in Niagara Falls uh, so far today? And what is going into your decision process for tomorrow? Yeah, hey, Tom and David, thank you so much. I enjoy your show, and it's an honor to be on. Um, I listen to you daily, by the way, on my ride home. So congratulations. We enjoy it. Tom, uh, I have to tell you, uh, we were a little taken by surprise in Niagara Falls because we thought that that band was not going to reach the falls. Uh, About 10 o'clock, it moved into Niagara Falls and came down at about 2 inches per hour. So I'd say we have about 6 to 8 inches on the ground now, much more than anticipated. Uh, We're canceling after-school activities for today. We had a concert. We had some sports. We're going to get the buses in and out right now, get everybody home safely, cancel those activities, and then uh, reconnoiter and make a decision around 6 or 7 o'clock for tomorrow. But as I look out my window right now, it has stopped. So that that band is probably oscillated back towards Buffalo, if I'm a, a junior Andy Andy Parker, who I really think is a great uh, predictor of weather. You know, sir, there was a mindset during COVID that the remote learning was going to do away with all snow days for the rest of our lives. It seemed great on paper, but the practicality of when we cancel school now as a superintendent, we can't just yeah. plug and play, get that. 24-hour learning cycle in there. What's real about remote learning when we use it for a snow day? You're absolutely right. It is It is not plug-and-play. It is not a good substitute for in-school, in-person learning, at least at the uh, you know, elementary, middle school, and high school level. We, we In Niagara Falls, we need a, a, a real solid day-to-day in advance notice that we're not going to be in school. And that can't happen on a, uh, a, a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. We have to make sure we get kids, especially in elementary school, to take home their devices, take home their cords, make sure that they have an Internet connection, and then make sure that they're able to have their log-on work. Uh, there's a lot of factors that have to go into it. And then when that happens, just try to imagine a five- or six-year-old 
on a laptop after doing all that with their parents supporting them and having an attention span for more than 40 minutes and call that a real a real school opportunity i don't call that a real school opportunity i call that a you know a a poor substitute to get something across in case there's a major emergency like a two two week event or a water pipe at the high school level that's been burst that, that that's really the uh, that's really where it could be used but to ta- to tell you that remote learning will replace snow days is i think completely a falsehood Mark Lurie is the superintendent of Niagara Falls Schools, and he joins us now in News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, did you have any staffing issues today with people who could not make it into work because of where they had to commute from? From where they had to commute? Yeah, really interesting, Tom. We have a residency requirement in Niagara Falls that if you work in Niagara Falls and have worked here since 1994, you have to be a resident of the city. Uh, so our staffing issues were mitigated by that uh, by that policy, uh, good or bad as you may feel about it. So to tell you that we had a staffing issue uh, wasn't true today in Niagara Falls. I know, though, there were other districts in Niagara County uh, who reacted at closed school in Niagara County because of that. Because I, I was asked that question, well, your neighbor to the north, Niagara Weasfield, is closed. And you're not. What, what's the thinking there? The thinking is they have much more staff traveling, much more distance in order to uh, to staff school. We we didn't have that problem. We had our normal absences, so staffing was not an issue. Mark Laurie is the superintendent of schools in Niagara Falls on News Radio 930 WBEN uh, on the Trocare College WBEN Live Line. And uh, one of the questions I also wanted to get in, uh, and then we're, obviously David has a ton of questions, I'm quite sure, but as the superintendent, can you talk about the uh, logistics that go into the decision uh, whether or not to close? Sure, Tom. Uh, uh, there's a couple of factors. In terms of cold, and that's really the reason why we've closed in Niagara Falls more than snow, because if you look at a map, we're kind of tucked in away from Lake Erie, and we don't get the lake effect that you do. Uh, so our days, if you study them over the last 10 years, have mostly been because of cold. So what are we looking for? We're looking for 20 to 30 degree wind chill factors below for a sustained period. We're, we're looking for impassable roads or corners, uh, bus stops that have so much snow on them that kids can't stand on the corner, have to stand or walk in the street. We have 2,500 walkers. We have uh, we have to accommodate for those kids. So the ability to, for a student, even a young student, to be able to walk on a sidewalk with very little snow or a manageable snow that doesn't force them into the street to wait for a bus or to walk in the street would be another factor. We try to communicate uh, up here in Niagara and Orleans County uh, among the superintendents to stay on the same page. It's not always easy. For instance, I talked to my colleague in Lewiston Porter just a bit ago, and he sees a beautiful, clear day. Barker superintendent told me he could cut his grass today. So it's not always easy to stay together. But we we have a texting uh, a line that we all communicate on starting the day or two days before to get a feel for where we're going to be at. Today was uh, today was different. Uh, and again, I think it was different because of the number of staff that had to get into some of the schools. Uh, that's not usually a consideration for Niagara Falls. 
And then there are other factors that we look at when it's close. And I just want to make this point since you asked a good question. Uh, it's always a parent's right to make that final decision, right? We're going to make a call. We're going to do the right thing for kids. One thing that is a complete falsehood is that we keep schools open to get state aid. That, that, that doesn't enter into our thinking at, at all. Uh, it doesn't enter into our thinking at all. Safety is always first. Uh, so state aid doesn't come into our conversation. It never has. But uh, we we try to also think about in Niagara Falls. Unfortunately, we think about kids and food and get, making sure that uh, they some of their best meals are in their free lunch and free breakfast in Niagara Falls. That does enter my thinking at certain times. It doesn't override safety but it enters my thinking. Uh, so it's a multitude of factors, and every situation is really different. You know, as an Orleans County kid, sir, I could tell you, you always keep your eye on those Barker people. You know, they're always yeah, they're saying tough. things that you got you to gotta be careful. You know, when you think of your career, you know, yeah. starting in uh, administration, <laughs> it's so interesting that, you know, what superintendents, we've learned so much about superintendents because, you know, for two years, all we were talking about was schools. When are they going to open? There's a union yeah. issue. I mean, you're you're a an amateur meteorologist. You're dealing with <laughs> you know union contracts. You've got the HR yep. component. When it comes to communication, from when you yeah. started to where you are now, you know, God forbid, we talk about communication in emergencies. But when it comes to actually reaching out, touching parents, letting them know. Hey, your kid's sick right. today. Even truancy and, and, you know, making sure that we know where our kids are and they're at school. We've really used technology at, in the public school system and we're able to say school's closed. Basketball is not happening. Uh, here's <laughs> what's going on. It's a completely yeah. different world than it was five years ago. Com- completely different. Uh, we, have, we have a system that gives text nudges to students who have been absent more than one or two days. Their parent gets a text. We call it a text nudge. You know, we recognize that your child's been out two days. Uh, we've made the call home. Is everything okay? Can you get some work picked up for them? We, we, we send out text nudges. Could, could you believe that? We do everything. We, we, we make social media videos. If you go on our website, Niagara Falls, you'll see 71 straight days of COVID videos of myself trying to update the community on what was going on during that period. It is it is completely five years ago different. And that that is changing. You know, as we sit here and speak, something will happen. We use an auto dialer system that I'm able to reach. 16,000 homes that have signed up between texting and auto dialing so I can make a message from my desk or my cell phone and reach 16,000 Niagara Falls homes uh, that somebody should be on the other line. They don't always pick up, uh, but uh, they should be on the other line and can hear the message later to get a message across. We use text text texting for those that have signed up. We use social media videos. We put all social media alerts out there. Uh, we, we do everything to try and reach parents, and, and we still do the good old-fashioned the good old fashioned home visits and uh, phone calls. We still do that, but you, you made me laugh at the uh, at when you were describing a superintendent's job. You know, yesterday I dealt most of the morning with a fishing expedition and i'm not talking about getting a rod and reel um there was a somebody has enough time to send out an uh, an email from 
allegedly me, to the entire staff asking for personally identifiable information and a secret gift that I have if they fill it out. I mean, who would have thought? Now, that's a true story. Who would have thought that that, that, that's what we're talking about now? I have to tell you, we spent a lot of education on do not get caught in a fish, never give out personally identifiable information. But I spent a good 90 minutes yesterday, you know, answering questions about a fishing expedition and a super secret gift I would give to a staff member if they completed it. I, I like our staff very, very much, very much, but I don't have any super secret gifts. Uh, Mark Laurie is the superintendent of schools in Niagara Falls joining us. This might shock you, but uh, David and I have been known to get several text nudges from our bosses during the course of a given show. Uh, Dave, can verify that. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised <laughs> listening to you. We, we can but, introduce him now as, as superintendent of Niagara Falls and Nigerian Prince offering <laughs> millions of dollars. Uh, you know, we had a we had a we had a um, a near swatting incident um, a couple of about a month ago. They caught the individual Interpol Interpol caught the individual in the United Kingdom. I mean, it is. I only bring it up, David, because you led with that statement, and I know we were talking about weather, but we're dealing. We we dealt with a a near swatting incident where they were able to use Interpol, which I guess is the police system in the UK and found the person who, when we dug deeper into it was gaming. Like how do you find Niagara Falls high school in the United Kingdom? He was gaming with a Niagara Falls high school student who we were were not able to track down and uh, a fishing, uh, a, a swatting incident was going was going on. Mark Laurie is with us on News Radio nine thirty WBEN on the Trocare College WBEN Live Line. Uh, Mr. Superintendent of Niagara Falls Schools, which okay. way are you leaning uh, toward closing school tomorrow or keeping them open? Uh, right now, I <laughs> I don't want to bag out on an answer, but I'm fifty fifty. Uh, it's. Uh, it's it, you know I, I want to get a good handle on what the uh, what the ban looks like if it if it is anywhere close to what what happened today I'm going to close school but that is not uh, that is not an official word but you ask me which way I'm leading I'm trying to give you direct answers if the, if there is that ban that's out there again and there's the potential for the wind to blow it here I'm going to close school I'm not going to I'm not going to take that chance. Um, we're, we're pleased and blessed that everybody's going to get home safe today, but not going to take that chance, but I will make the decision early this evening. Early this evening. Okay, that was going to be yes, my sir. next question. But yeah, the other quick question I have before David wraps up the interview is, sure. uh, are you in any relation to Bob Laurie, who used to teach business that at is, Ben Franklin Middle yeah. School? No, Bob Laurie is my, was my father. Uh, he was a teacher and a guidance counselor, and he taught in Niagara Falls of uh, uh, pretty, uh, you know, of course, the inspiration for me getting into education. And he he, he taught only in Niagara Falls, though, but uh, he oh, also did a little one. work. At, did you? Yep. I don't know him. Yeah. I don't know that yeah, one. Kenton, Kenton District. Absolutely. David? No. Nah. Nah. I don't know any family, but uh, we appreciate what you yeah. do and your accessibility always. Uh, transparency, yeah. David, accessibility. Anytime. Thank hey, you. That's that's my job. You guys have a job to do. That's my job, and my job is to be open to answer questions. You call me anytime. I enjoy talking uh, Mark, to you guys. One quick yeah. question that I did have for you. Would you like to uh, – we, we need to get on air your social security number uh, for every guest. <laughs> um, are you 
five, 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 five. Yeah, they tried that a couple of times. I, I have a lot of good fishing stories. That, that could be a show, uh, just the times we've been fished and what they've tried to do to get uh, the, the Apple gift cards they say I'm giving away are just not true. Don't ever think I'm giving out Apple gift cards. So that's maybe a show for you at another time. Absolutely. Uh, Mark Lurie, yeah. superintendent of Niagara Falls Schools. Uh, thank you for joining us on Bowerly and Bellavia on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, David, coming up uh, in the next hour, uh, we shall chat off air, but we've got some great guests uh, just ahead. But uh, we need to get to news on time with Tom Puckett on News Radio 930 WBEN. We're going to be broadcasting live 7 until 10, right after Buffalo's evening news with Tom Puckett. Joe Beamer will be here to take your calls 7 to 10 on News Radio 930 WBEN. The Girl from the North Country musical has been canceled for tonight. The Sabres game has been pushed to tomorrow night. And uh, every closing you need is at WBEN.com. Well, actually, you've got a two for one. It's Bowerly and Bellavia on News Radio 930 WBEN until uh, 4 o'clock. Thanks to David for joining me. And I plan on joining David at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning just so we can break our six hour record established on Christmas Day in 2022 of working together during winter coverage. Um, one thing I really need to pass on before we get to our next guest, and that is this uh, your high efficiency furnace, you need to make sure that the exhaust, which is going to come out the bottom of your house in a PVC pipe situation, make sure that that is totally cleared out because uh, you may very well, unless you have a furnace with automatic shutoff, you may very well be in a carbon monoxide situation, and that is for real. And I will tell you, and I've mentioned this before, had my ex-wife not had carbon monoxide detectors in her home, my entire family would be dead today. They would have died during the blizzard of 22. They were saved by their carbon monoxide detectors because what had happened was the snow had built up, was covering the exhaust, and uh, a family member was able to get outside and clear that away. But it's no joke. Carbon monoxide poisoning is no joke. So please uh, just be aware of that. And, uh, David, we have another guest on the line, the uh, Trocare College WBEN live line, the... Uh, DPW Commissioner of the City of Buffalo, Nate Martin. Nate, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Tom, uh, thank thank you so much for uh, having me on today. I really appreciate David David as well. So I I do get the two for one special here with you guys. So thank you. So. In, indeed, indeed. You know, I've been doing uh, this for five decades, uh, starting back in the '80s, and have covered many storms. And round one of this storm, which hit us, never before in history. Have I gone through a situation like that where not one person called in to complain about snow removal in the city of Buffalo? Everybody did an amazing, amazing job in all parts of the city. I didn't get a single complaint call from anybody uh, because the driving ban was in place early and the word got out and uh, you were able to do uh, what you do. This time... Um, I'm starting to hear again uh, word you know, expressions like, hey, um, don't go out driving. You'll be impeding the DPW people. Um, what what was different about the storm that hit us uh, over the past few hours as opposed to round one where you got A pluses all around where a driving ban was not put into place earlier? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a really Good question, Tom. I mean, and, and one that, you know, we, we're going to look at and kind of re-review as we go forward. So, but your, your question is, so what's the, what's the difference? So a couple elements 
um, that, you know, off the top. One, the, the forecast of uh, in, in the earlier storm this week, um, blizzard-like conditions out of the gate, across the board, region-wide, um, you know, top to bottom, north to south, east to west. That, that call was really uh, an escalation of events. This one we knew was an event coming off the lake. It was going to involve lake effect snow. Um, you know, following the forecast for days as we're even fighting the last storm or watching the forecast, we, we just have this really short window of time in between uh, to really turn, turn some things around and, um, and, and get a slight break to, to, to handle this one. The forecast as we were going forward, forward with it were uh, definitely an, an, an intense storm that was going to hit one to two inches of snow um, as we were still hearing the night before. Uh, we knew it was a narrow band, so not affecting the region necessarily like last time. So a narrow band, it was going to move, but uh, again, narrow. And, and so waking up early, early hours uh, of the morning, uh, the intensity was much more than was anticipated. Um, and it, it hung in the southern part of uh, the city in, in Lackawanna. You know, I think the snow total was 30 inches I, at one point in time, I think I heard. I don't know what the latest is now, but, you know, hung there. Uh, dropped a lot of snow, intensity levels, not one to two, three to four to five inches per hour. So that was definitely an escalation. We get up, we, we get on the road early, we're driving uh, the streets. I'm heading towards South Buffalo and, and, you know, looking and listening to the, to talking to the meteorologists, what's going on, evaluating uh, immediately at that point in time, we needed to, to reconnect on what we needed to do. So made the adjustment uh, based on what happened, um, actually happened instead of what was predicted. Um, Put that put that ban in place for below Broadway for the city, close to City Hall, of course, um, right away. And and you know, similar to, I think the county, you know, looked at what was happening versus what was predicted and made adjustments. You know, during during the uh, during what was occurring. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking to uh, Autumn Lewandowski yesterday, and one of my first questions to her was, you know, this storm that you are forecasting looks an awful lot like what we just went through, and she agreed with the exception of the fact that the winds would only be gusting in the 40s and not the 60s. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a good point from the winds, a little less wind, but I, I, I do think the difference region-wide, narrow band, um, that was – Again, I'll maybe reference that was the county top to bottom was all going to receive the same weather pattern really all at once for an extended period of time. Um, you know, this was different. The, the projection, the the, um, the forecast going into the night before was was a little less intensity. Again, we woke up. The intensity had escalated significantly. We reevaluated on the spot and, and we made that move to the ban, um, you know, b- below Broadway. Nate Martin joins us. He's the Commissioner of Public Works, City of Buffalo. Nate, explain to people what went on with the Sabres uh, moving the game to tomorrow. I think people have a tendency to think, well, the Commissioner of Public Works gets on the phone with a county or a city uh, basketball high school game. Hey, we can change that. That's high school. With sports, we've got a professional franchise in Chicago. We've got the league. You've got to move schedules. This is a little bit different than canceling a volleyball game. It, it certainly is, um, and it's a, a great point about that that level, right? So we've got an initial, you know, high school, local sports, uh, semi-professional, professional on up. So the NHL is involved in in a decision like that. It is ultimately an NHL decision uh, in in cooperation with the Sabers. The Department of Public Works does not make the decision for the NHL or the Sabres, for that matter. But that said, we, we had conversations during the day. with uh, I had personal conversations with our senior leadership team. 
you know, what, what we were, um, what the conditions were, what we were anticipating, what our response was going to be. You know, a lot of discussions about the driving ban. The arena is within uh, the driving ban area. So, you know, what, what was going to happen with the driving ban was a question. Uh, we couldn't answer it right away um, at that point in time um, of when it might be lifted. Um, we're, we're still evaluating that. Um, so if the driving ban is in place where the arena is, that makes it, uh, a, a much more significant issue to evaluate and take into consideration in the NHL standpoint. So we presented those, um, certainly, you know, gave them the facts that we knew at that point in time, what our, what our projections were, and then ultimately the Sabres in the NHL make that decision. Nate, what your people do is such an incredibly difficult job. And uh, two questions. Number one, given what we've already experienced with uh, round one of this storm, um, well, let me just stop there. Given what happened there, the fatigue factor, the human factor, is that coming into play at all today? Because let's face it, people get sick. People get tired. Yeah, you know, it, it is. And that's a, it's a great human element, right? We tend to, you know, I'm out and about. I, I, I need to be out and about to see what's going on. I like to talk to our operators and drivers just to check in with them. I'll, if I see one on the street, I'll stop and, and chat with them. Um, you know, I think that that is important. Our our individuals know how important we are to the city, and I think they, they really take that to heart, um, our men and women. And I'll speak for the DPW of the city, but I, I'm sure I can say that about all the municipality workers who are out trying to clear our streets and all of our private contractors involved as well. So we, we take that. We want we wanted to get that done as quick as we can. So we'll, we'll, we bear that burden. We want to go to work, and it does wear on us. But, you know, that's part of our, our job, what we're called to do. Um, so we, you know, we work hard, we take breaks, we, we have that moment we can take a break, and then we got to saddle back up and get going again. So, you know, that, that was a hard push for the first couple of days this week. We got a small respite. Um, we would have loved to have more time between these, and I call them two events, even though they're really kind of smashed together almost. We would have loved to have more time between the two. Uh, to get a little bit more done in, in South Buffalo and Kaisertown and where, where we know they were hit hard, but we didn't have that luxury. Mother Nature pushed this on us. Uh, so we, we took a, a little spot to recalibrate what we we're going to do and put a new game plan into place to kind of now deal with what we're dealing with and, and back to work. So, um, yeah, it, it does take its toll, but, you know, uh, compliments to, to the team to, um, to, to come to work, show up early, work, work through it, and, and try to get the job done. And obviously, I want to get back to David Bellavia here, but uh, in terms of the assets that are going to be deployed and when people on the uh, the side streets can expect uh, some relief uh, where most of the snow was, can you give us a, a progress report and tell us what people can do to help you out? Yeah, so uh, so two two parts there, the progress report um, and, and what we can do. So, you know, the what we can do first, that, that maybe I'll go there. Um, just assistance, you know, in the areas that are hardest hit, um, we, we, we have a lot of crews in South Buffalo. We're migrating those up. We're, we're moving them into Kaisertown. We're expanding it to Old Force Ward. Right? Those areas that got hit hard first, that got hit hard again, we're working that area. As this band moves back, we've got a second round of contractors coming into play, uh, and those will uh, have distrib- distribution across the rest of the city. We'll be hitting all areas of the city, all the neighborhoods, You know, not all at once. We, we, we want to be able to hit all neighborhoods at once. We cannot. So. We're gonna. Uh, we have a planful uh, element in place where we have a, a plow district by plow district. We have individual maps where we're gonna assign crews, and we'll do street by street reviews. We'll have inspectors out, making sure that we're, you know, that we're um, hitting them in, you know, in a in a, a planful way. Um, we're we're gonna work through all the city. We're gonna work through all the neighborhoods. It might take us some time, but you know, we got another batch of contractors coming out um, 
they're starting here in, in just a, a little less than two hours, um, and we're going to push through as fast as we can to to, to get there, you know, all the neighborhoods as quickly as we can. Uh, Nate, I, w- I want to ask you a question about, uh, look, the blizzard, let's just take that as an anomaly, you know, tons of snow, wind, once-in-a-century storm. There was a lot of talk, though, about the grid section of the city of Buffalo. And what I'm doing my best research. It, it doesn't appear that anything changed as far outside of the fact that you don't have the storm of the century. But did anything fundamentally change with the responsibility of the DPW in the city of Buffalo? Are the grids still the same? Uh, everything that you decided that needed to go better after uh, the blizzard of 22 You've implemented that, but when you look fundamentally at the at the grid section of the city, did anything change since 22? No, no. It, it fundamentally, it's the same response area that we have. It's the same same street map. It's the same neighborhoods. Uh, the same uh, way we kind of look at, at plowing of the city. Um, you know, we take all that into effect. What we did what we did modify is how we responded from last year. So. Um, and, you know, I know there's bigger response elements of warming centers and communication. And all those were really great. And I think there was a lot of it on the DPW side. We took it upon ourselves. OK, we're, we need to be out in front more. We did assign uh, earlier this week and actually last night, assign equipment to the emergency personnel, to the fire and the police departments. That was something that came out of the blizzard that um, we knew we wanted to put in place for any significant event. So we implemented that right away. So new a new tactic. Certainly, um, this this storm, we have troops on the ground as the storm is ongoing. I think with the blizzard, and maybe that's, a, to your point, an anomaly, uh, David, the, you know, we couldn't get really, you know, our equipment on the ground until it ended. Well, the, we've had equipment on the ground as these storms have been going with this week, and that helps our response. That helps us get into the residentials um, as quickly while we're maintaining those mains and secondary. So I think um, um, a more... Uh, maybe not the right word is aggressive approach. Maybe that's not the, the best word, but I'll, I'll use that anyway. Um, more, more aggressively getting after it in terms of let's be proactive. Let's get equipment on the ground. Let's communicate properly. Let's ask for the help of what we need. We need residents parked in the right spot. We need them off the street uh, and really be proactive on, on that communication side too. Nate Martin, commissioner of uh, department of public works in the city of Buffalo. Thank you very much for joining us during a busy day as you're heading to South Buffalo on the WBEN Trocare college live line. We really appreciate your time. And uh, frankly, you're being so forthright and, uh, and transparent. Thank you kindly. Tom, thank you uh, very much again. Uh, best of listeners and be safe to the two of you, but all the listeners be safe out there as well. Thank you. Nate Martin on News Radio 930 WBEN. And David, coming up uh, after the news uh, with Tom Puckett. By the way, Shays has canceled uh, Girl from the North Country musical tonight, the music of Bob Dylan, and the Sabres game, as we just mentioned, with uh, Nate Martin has been postponed to tomorrow night. Um, coming up, uh, we will have David, one of your favorite guests, one of my favorite people to whom to listen, the car coach, Lauren Fix. Are you uh, pumped and amped and psyched for that? We love ourselves some car coach. She's the best. Oh, I'm going to let you take the lead in that one because you know more about All I know is to start the thing and drive it. You know a lot more than I do. Lauren Fix coming up next on uh, this very special Bowerly and Bellavia on News Radio 930 WBEN.
Oh, very appropriate. The theme song. It's uh, Bowerly and Bellavia on News Radio 930 WBEN. Always great to uh, work with David. Always wish he was under better circumstances. But uh, tomorrow I'll be joining David starting at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we'll see if David wants to take up the challenge of going until 6. But anyway, um, all of the closings, you can find them at WBEN.com. Uh, Girl from the North Country musical at Shays is canceled for tonight. The Sabres game pushed back to tomorrow night. Um, and uh, we do have some driving bans in the area, as uh, Tom Puckett referred to. And uh, just something else, too. Um, just common sense. And frankly, most of you guys and ladies have uh, exercised so much common sense because this could have been a lot worse. But the common sense factor of the population kicked in because traffic, um, although we've got some issues, is not what it could have been. Many of you uh, bailed out of work today because uh, you've been stuck before. So kudos uh, for common sense. I, I will say that much. And uh, there's one other thing I did mention, uh, WBEN.com. Oh, yeah, uh, high-efficiency furnaces. Make sure your exhaust is cleared out because unless it's got auto shutoff, you're ris- at great risk for carbon monoxide poisoning. And as I mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, um, had it not been for the carbon monoxide detectors in my ex-wife's home, my entire family would have been killed by carbon monoxide during the blizzard of 22. That is not an exaggeration. And uh, we want to bring aboard on the Trocare College uh, WBEN live line the car coach, and she's on every single week with David Bellavia. Uh, we say hello to Lauren Fix. Lauren, thanks for joining Tom and David, who's got the first question. Yeah, so uh, hello. Lauren Fix. <laughs> Always appreciate talking to you, Lauren, and and, uh, again, so multifaceted. We can go from what's happening in the world of cars to what's happening in the world of cars during horrific snowstorms in Buffalo. You know, there's a mindset about Western New Yorkers. You know this well because you are one, and that is that all we need is four-wheel drive, a few sandbags in the back of the pickup, and it ain't no Fiero from 1985. We got this, right? And those people find themselves in trouble, too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I went down for the game. It was crazy even after the snowstorm had cleared. But you can see the difference in snow. It seems to be the throughway. You know, on the other side of the south side of the throughways, when you start seeing mass quantities of snow, I mean, like crazy. I live in the North Towns and it's snowing here right now. But you really have to think that if you don't need to be out, this is not the time to go out and go, geez, I wonder how much snow Elma got. You know, I wonder what the stadium looks like. Did they clear the lot? And you think, who would do that? Well, last year I was out, uh, I have a Bronco Raptor, so it's a little different vehicle. And I must have pulled three people out of ditches. And you ask them, you know, I'm happy to help you because we're the city of good neighbors. But, like, why are you out? Like, I, there's nothing open. And usually it's, I wanted to see the snow. I was like, turn on the TV, listen to the radio, you know. <laughs> so don't, don't be that person that thinks I want to go out and see how much snow they got. You'll see it. You'll see it on TV. You'll see it on BEN on their website. Be patient because the best thing you can do is stay home and go through the stuff that you've been meaning to get to on your kitchen table, your dining room table, or in your basement. Just start do something else, but don't go out. Stay home. I was out earlier today. It's crazy, and I have the equipment to do so, and I went out literally to shoot the Weather Channel and Fox Weather, and then I came right back. I mean, it was it was bad out there. It was a total whiteout, and you can't see anything, and that's when you find yourself in trouble with plows and other people on the street that – think they have the equipment to be out there. 
And then you all, the one thing that Lauren Fix always says is, you know, the time to get snow tires is after the fourth major storm of the season, right? <laughs> There's always a rush to get the snow tires. You should have been listening. When is the, I mean, it's never too late to get snow tires, but man, a lot of people right. are on the roads that, that don't have the right tire. Absolutely. I've talked to a lot of people, uh, especially after you know our Friday shows, asking about all seasons. You know, I've got all seasons. I bought a, an all-wheel drive vehicle. Uh, and that means all wheels are driven, which is good. And I've got all seasons, which is good. But there's something called the 40-degree rule. Anytime the temperatures go below 40 degrees, those all-season tires are not going to work as great as they did when it was warmer. So what happens is, and the best way to, to relate this to the average person is, we're all going outside and we put on our snow boots, right? They're soft bottoms and they grip the snow and you walk and you hear the crunch, crunch, crunch. That's the, the bottom of your boot grabbing the snow. If you were to wear a pair of dress shoes and go outside, certainly not heels, you'd slip and break your neck because the bottoms are smooth, right? So you have to think about that. So what's closer to an all-season tire? More like a sneaker. So you put on your sneakers and you go outside and the bottom of those treads get filled with snow and then suddenly you're sliding all over the place and you're afraid of breaking your neck. So that's why snow tires are much like a snow boot below 40 degrees, which we see in Buffalo on a regular basis. And it's going to get really cold this week. I mean, uh, we're looking at like highs over the weekend of like 17 and that's according to the weather uh, you know, net networks. That's cold. And if it snows on Friday, like they're talking about even more snow, well, then you want to have snow tires. So if you haven't got them yet, if anyone's still there, pick up the phone while you're sitting at home uh, during the commercial break or during the show and contact some of the different companies in town. Uh, I work with Bell Rings, but there's a million great tire places in town uh, that can get you some snow tires. And don't cheap out on snow tires. My favorite ones is I got them there out of China for 50 bucks a piece. Like anything, you get what you pay for. You want good tires, you go with a name brand. Well, that's because they're made from executed prisoner skin. Uh, we should probably point that out. Uh, Lauren you Fix is the <laughs> Lauren Fix is the car coach. I have a sick sense of humor on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, Lauren, uh, not including municipal ordinances against this, but as far as starting our vehicles early and letting them warm up so we get the the heated seats and heated steering wheel going on, is that recommended or is it not recommended? You only need like five minutes. Now, if your car sits outside, which many people's vehicles do, you know, you've got to clean it off. So this is the time to see if you can get into your vehicle. If you can't, and maybe it was warm and then it's got it's like ice in the lock, you can get locked the ice. If you don't have that, see if you can get drop a cord and use a hairdryer. You don't want to use a lot of chemicals or hot water on your lock to unlock your vehicle. Because even if you've got a key fob to unlock your car, it might be unlocked. You may not be able to open it. Um, most of those key fobs have a secondary key you can pull out. There's a button on the key fob, pull that out, open the door, start the vehicle, let it run for a few minutes. During that time, get out your ice scraper, your snow brush, clean the snow off your windshield, your headlights, the roof of your car, because they are ticketing for people who are foolish enough to leave snow on the roof of their car and take off. It doesn't just fall on your rear windshield, but it also can dump on the car behind you and cause an accident, and you're responsible for that. So I do know they are ticketing for that. So don't find yourself in that situation. Clean all the snow off. Take the time. Let the car warm up. Turn on the heated seats. If you don't have heated seats, bring a blanket, and you can put it over your lap. Don't sit on the blanket. Put it over your lap. The reason you don't is those seats are designed for you to be on the seat with a seatbelt for your top safety. If you're sitting on a blanket or you put a car seat on a blanket, 
you think that it's a smart thing to do, but actually it doesn't allow the contact with either yourself or a child safety seat to the seat. And, and it's very unsafe to do that. Bowerly and Bellavia, Lauren Fix is the car coach, and she's with us on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. Um, given the fact that this is the coldest air of the season, it has been uh, described as Arctic air. Um, what kind of special consideration should EV drivers take, given the uh, temperatures? Well, first off, before we get into that, I want to at least thank Erie County for using the emergency broadcast system, which was my biggest complaint about last year. And so please listen to those warnings. Uh, I got one this morning, woke me up. But uh, those are good for making sure you're safe and staying home. Don't, don't break the rules to stay home. It's not worth it. But as far as electric vehicles, if you have an electric vehicle, note that you will lose at least 40% of the battery life of your vehicle. There's nothing you can do to change that. It's just how batteries function. Uh, there's been a lot of problems. Uh, I was actually um, on one of the news networks earlier today, and they were talking about how people were sitting at Tesla charging stations for 90 minutes to get a 20% charge. So note that it will take longer to charge in the cold weather, and you will lose about 40% of the battery life. That's why people that own electric vehicles sometimes use it as their second or third car and just say, you know what, this is when I'm going to pull out my truck or my SUV, my gasoline-powered vehicle or hybrid um, because they make more sense in this type of weather, especially if you live in the South Towns and you're getting nailed by the snow. My daughter's in Elmine. She says that just has been nonstop for 24 hours. Oh, yeah, but uh, somebody to whom I'm very close is on the Lancaster-Elma border. I kept saying Marilla yesterday like an idiot, but the Elma border, and they are absolutely buried with snow. Uh, she lost a tree in the backyard, and worst of all, I've heard this oh, from wow. several dog owners, um, dogs are refusing to poop. Are there some dogs who have not pooped in days? Um, it's a very common issue. Dogs get cold just as we do, but if you're in that issue, you are not alone, and perhaps we should uh, bring aboard a veterinarian like Helen Sweeney at some point uh, during today's show. It's, al um, it's also uh, it's happening in our newsroom as well, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but listen. <laughs> yeah, the no, dog, but Lord, my little dog doesn't want to go out. I got a little Yorkie. She doesn't want to go out either. She's four pounds. She looks at me like, you go out there. I'm not going out there. <laughs> I want to. I want Lauren Fix to settle something once and for all. Could everyone gather around the radio? We're gonna we're gonna set the standard. Is there any reason whatsoever in cold weather that you need a heated steering wheel? I mean, can yes. we just admit that this is just. We're just doing this because it's like it's a nice you know, thing look, to have. It's, oh, it's nice, awesome. but it's not. The seat needs to be heated. The car needs to be heated. I like the windows. That's important. The windshield, the back window, even the mirrors. But the the steering wheel. That's for people in Cleveland. I must heartily well, I, and vehemently disagree. I think, as my co-host would say. Well, as my co-host would say, Paul Bryan is out of Chicago. He says, reason number 17 why Alakata hates us is because we have heated steering wheels. <laughs> but um, I think like steering wheels and heated seats. <laughs> number 17. That's reason number 17. Um, but um, I like heated seats. I think we used to call them hot cross buns when the kids were younger and they were in middle school. I used to say, turn on the hot cross buns because it was a cute thing to say and they would know. Um, but it's nice to have it for, for kids, for sure. It's nice to have it for elderly people who get cold, um, you know, and that's always nice to have year-round. But uh, it's like ventilated seats. I like them. Do you need them? No. 
But if you don't have a heated steering wheel, you wear gloves. I mean, we're in Buffalo. You should have a hat, gloves, scarf. You know, you should be prepared for this weather. And when it, the sun is not out and when the sun is out during the day, a set of polarized sunglasses is an absolute winner because you get the glare off the sun and the light and oncoming traffic during the day because we run our headlights. You, know, you get wiper blades going. It can be very blinding. So at night, you've got to remember that you're going to have to try to work with some of those oncoming lights because you're going to get a lot of reflection, and it is blinding. And here in Bowerly and Bellavia, we frown on all polarization. Uh, in, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Polarization and uh, divisiveness. But there is some divisiveness on this show because I have a heating steering wheel. And, Lauren, I 100% agree because uh, some of us uh, might uh, have gotten gasoline last night and stood out there. And it was so awesome to go back into the car and turn it on and say, oh, warmth to the fingers. Such a good thing. People like David will just never get it. They just won't get it. <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he's got an older car. He, that's his thing. But you can get heated, um, uh, those packs you can buy for a dollar at like any checkout of any gas station, any big box store, like the, for your feet and for your hands, you can put them in your gloves. That's a good thing to do also, especially if you're going to go out and pump gas. Um, I have a set of work gloves that I use exclusively for pumping gas so that your gloves that you're wearing and you don't touch your face and it smells like gasoline or <laughs> fuel if you're using diesel. So it's a nice thing to have just a pair of junky old work gloves. Put them in the door. When you pump fuel, you won't be smelling it. Lauren, I know uh, most people learn this during uh, what they used to call driver's education, but do you want to give us some uh, driving tips for driving in the snow, those of us who don't have the Raptor? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I see a lot of people very, very scared to be out there. If you don't need to be out there until the roads are clear, then don't go out. There's no need to go and pick up a bottle of Coke or whatever it is you're going to get. Just wait if you can. Uh, if it's urgent and critical, you can have things delivered. A lot of people are very scared, and you can actually cause an accident by being white-knuckled and driving. I have a friend who drives well below the speed limit, and I always give her a tough time. I'm like, could you just stay home because you're causing accidents? Uh, you know, half the speed limit is always dangerous. Um, so you you expect when you're driving down the road that people will be driving close to the speed limit. It's certainly not over the speed limit. Uh, in this weather, the key to success is to give yourself space between you and the vehicle in front of you. If somebody jumps between you, well, just slow down, give yourself a little space between that vehicle. Um, note that you're going to need to be really paying attention on the roads with these high snow banks, especially around like um, French and transit down there where that Wegmans is around Lawson. I was down there yesterday and I could not believe how high the snow banks were. So if people are pulling out of parking lots, they can't see you. So if you can move to the middle lane, that's a better place to be so that when they pull out, they don't pull out into you. But as far as a driver, light turns green, you don't have to slam on the gas or slam on the brakes. Everything is smooth. Think of it like dancing. Acceleration is like what they would, if you're into music, a crescendo of power. So you want to be smooth on the power accelerating and the same thing with the brakes. If you have no clue, you're still not comfortable. Maybe you're from another area of the country where you haven't dealt with snow. Find an empty parking lot where there's no telephone poles and try just hitting the brakes aggressively, getting the car to brake loose where you're not going to hit anyone or anything. And once you start to understand car control, you'll be a better driver on the street. And that takes practice. There's schools for that. But if you really just want to practice, we used to take our kids out to a snow-filled parking lot and just say, hit the gas as hard as you can, hit the brakes as hard as you can, St turn the steering wheel aggressively, see what happens with the car. 
And when it spins around, your reaction is, oh. So the worst thing you can do is what everybody does. They hit the brakes. The smartest thing you can do is slowly add a little bit of gas to get away from a situation. Now, using that in mind, if the car starts to slide, don't hit the brakes because you want it to stop. Just use a little bit of gas. Put your foot on the gas pedal a little bit just to accelerate out of it. If you're in a spin, you always want to look to where you want to go and then slowly apply the power. Is this a good time to use the paddle shifters that many cars have? Most people don't know how to use those. I always laugh when they put them on things like, you know, a Mitsubishi Eclipse, and I'm like, really? You know, no one's really going to use that. Uh, you can use it if you're trying to get up a steep hill and you want to drop down a gear. Uh, that might be something that might be helpful because it'll give you more torque. Uh, there was a question, I believe it was on David's show on Monday. Someone thought because they, they had an electric car that it would be better in the snow. Actually, they're worse in the snow uh, because they weigh more. And they're all about torque. Electric cars are about torque. And a perfect example is if you go online and start looking at the Cybertruck, they're all getting stuck because they have so much torque. And so who's pulling them out? Fords, Chevys, Toyota Tundras. It's, it's hysterical. But the, just because you have an electric car, if you've got snow tires on it, you're going to be in much better shape than if you're running the all seasons. It's just everyone's got their choice of vehicle. And that's what I want you to have is your choice. David, you want to plug? I was going to ask, you know, well, yeah, like here's the deal. You're going to she comes on Fridays and we love her. But all these cars that are now designing, you know, you could parallel park with one button. They're now doing that with like skid control. And like if you go through snow, the automatic driving cars, the self-driving cars, would you ever if if a car I would have skid marks with a car doing that? (laughs) There's no way I want my car to be going through navigating a drift, right? Well, if you had an autonomous car, it wouldn't be able to take you out today. It would say the weather conditions are bad and you cannot drive it. You cannot ride in it. So keep that in mind. Before you think autonomous cars sound great, uh, to give you an idea, a very good friend of mine works for the Detroit News was in California in an autonomous Uber and it started raining and the vehicle pulled over to the side of the road, four ways around saying a person will arrive with another uber to pick you up so i had to go he had to switch to an uber that actually had a person driving it because these cameras can't see through snow they can't see through heavy rain and so i don't think you're going to be driving in any autonomous vehicles in this weather uh self-parking that's what you need to know that's what driver's ed teaches you parallel parking perpendicular parking if you can't park your car find a parking lot or find a, a valet because the truth is Using these systems when it's snowing out, usually those LIDAR uh, spots are covered with snow and road goop, shall we call it, uh, and it, they won't work anyhow. It'll tell you. You might get a notification on your car that has all these advanced systems, and you're driving along, and suddenly you see, oh, it says, you know, ADAS, which is Advanced Driver Assistance System, not working. Yes, it's not going to do its job if it can't see, and it can't see because there's snow and slush and mud and whatever else is on the roadway covering it. So that's why you still need to learn to drive unless you Indeed. want to get an Uber. Well, I'm the king of parallel parking, I don't mind saying. It's getting in between the smaller and smaller lines that seems to be the issue. Um, Lauren Fix, uh, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us on the uh, Trocare College uh, WBEN live line. We'll listen for you later on this week with David. Thank you. Everyone be safe out there, please. Always. And uh, David Bellavia, uh, I think you're. Are you are you punching out? 
Yeah, I'd like to go home if that's cool. Okay, I don't mind. I don't. Bl- I don't blame you. Well, tomorrow, if conditions warrant, um, I will start talking with you at eleven o'clock uh, in the morning, and we'll try to break the record. If you're up to it, depends on your schedule. Let's and do it. But, Let's uh, break the record. <laughs> we'll break the record. All right. Somebody call Guinness quick. All right, uh, David Bellavia, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, the first uh, two hours of of my program. And uh, stand by. We've got the news coming up on News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, loves, thanks very much for being with us. And uh, thanks to David Bellavia for joining us, the opening part of uh, my program. Hey, I got two hours out of him. He got one hour out of me from one until two today. But tomorrow we're going to do the the marathon. Uh, It's just what we do when the weather gets bad or when there's major breaking news or something like that out of the ordinary. And uh, I know you guys enjoy it, and we certainly enjoy it, or we wouldn't do it. We we volunteer for this stuff, which makes us pretty sick people, I think. Anyway, the... uh, a complete list of uh, closings, uh, bans, cancellations at WBEN.com. Of great note, uh, the Shays' performance of uh, Girl from the North Country has been canceled for tonight. The Sabres game has been postponed until tomorrow, which is Thursday. And uh, if you're anything like I am, today seems like it's not even Wednesday because of the Monday holiday and the football game and everything like that. So I think everybody's schedule is a little bit screwed up. Um, Joe Beamer is going to be hosting live and local because we are the station that is here when you need us the most from 7 until 10 tom- uh, tonight. Seven. See, I'm already screwed up. 7 to 10 tonight. Uh, Joe Beamer will be here to take your calls and I'm sure uh, talk to guests as well. And and uh, Tanner Saunders doing a great job behind the glass at News Radio 930 WBEN. Our uh, brand manager, news director, uh, Lisa Polisi, doing yeoman's work throughout this entire situation. And this is, I think, her third week on the job. But she's a veteran broadcaster, so she's got everything well in hand. Uh, joining us right now on the Trocare College WBEN live line, we have uh, a veterinarian. Uh, and dear friend, Dr. Helen Sweeney of the Elma Small Animal Hospital. Doctor, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Well, as you know, uh, most of my listeners absolutely love their animals. They love their pets. And uh, I'm more of a cat person, but most of my friends are dog people. And one of the uh, common complaints, to put it very bluntly, uh, since this cold weather hits, I'm hearing people say, my dog hasn't pooped in days. Um, would you care to uh, give us some information on uh, why that might be? Is it is it the cold? They just don't want to squat there? I mean, not to be too graphic, but. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's definitely cold, obviously. Um, one thing I would say is that when I've had small dogs, and meaning 10 pounds or less, is you really want to clear an area where they can go. I mean, obviously, if you're squatting down, you don't want to end up with a, a tush full of snow. Um, but clear an area, sometimes it helps to have, um, my parents have, um, like that fake grass, um, put a little patch down there and worse comes to worse. You may have them have to go in the basement on paper or something like that. I mean, it's who wants, I wouldn't want to go outside and go to the bathroom in the snow, but definitely if they do, um, uh, make it a short experience, check their feet. Don't use any salt that can burn the feet. Mm. Excellent point. I never would have uh, never would have thought of that. Um, after how many days does the fail uh, failure to pass solid weight uh, waste become an issue for a dog? Well, as long as they're eating, it's going to come out eventually. As long as they're not vomiting 
or lethargic or anything like that, I mean, it's going to go, it's going to come out. So is they're acting fine and acting how they normally act and interacting with you and playful and things like that, their normal way, then they will eventually go. Are there any special foods which might uh, expedite the process without uh, endangering the carpet? Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, you could always try and add a little fiber, but to be honest, you really don't need to, and sometimes that can cause more of an issue. Um, you know, if they look like they're straining, then obviously there's a problem. Just make sure they have plenty of access to water um, for outdoor animals, which I hope they're not. Um, just make sure the water is not frozen or replace it regularly or have a heated water dish. You know, I'd like I'd like to address that because uh, we talked with Gina Latuka at some point over the weekend about uh, various pet issues and wildlife issues. You're gonna kick you're gonna get a kick out of this. I don't know if the person was kidding or not, but they said I've got a deer in my backyard. Uh, it looks very cold. Should I let it into my basement or my garage? And Gina was very emphatic in saying they're built for outside. So just leave it alone. It will be fine. But that's how much my audience loves animals and eating animals, too, which is kind of weird. But, um, yeah, that's uh, kind of, But, you know, you talk about that fake grass. Uh, I'm sure you've been flying, and uh, they have little grass put down in the various terminals, uh, well, some of the airport terminals, for uh, uh, security, not security dogs, but uh, companion dogs and uh, dogs that serve uh, e- as emotional support dogs. Right. Yeah, and, and that could work. Actually, my parents have that, too. But the nice thing about that is you cut just a small piece or however big you need, depending on the size of your dog, and it, it's washable. So you can get several, just change them out. You know, one of the other things that uh, we talked about with Gina was uh, the uh, situation with animals that uh, largely live outside. And they really, there are certain uh, things, I mean, I don't want to get too much into agriculture law, but uh, as a veterinarian, uh, for people with uh, dogs that you know have a dog house in the backyard and uh, maybe they're chained up, maybe they're not, uh, what, what concerns should people have or how can people address the concerns you have as a veterinarian? Well, a dog house in and of itself is not going to do anything. There's, um, for feral cats, for instance, there's a lot of, Um, ideas and instructions online about how to actually build an insulated box that they can get into that prevents the wind. Um, If you have a doghouse, it should have a baffle and maybe even a little heater in there. You can get uh, low voltage um, uh, blankets or a light or something like that in there. I mean, just, you know, try sitting inside the box yourself. It's not going to be very insulated. And for bedding, I mean, hay and straw and blankets and things like that. Um, Really, I mean, I would prefer to have them come in. But I know there are, especially cats, that live outside 100% of the time and do not want to come in. Oh, I know a young lady who, uh, I I could call them feral cats, but they're kind of like half, they're mostly feral and 25% tamed. And she's got heated cat houses uh, in the backyard um, and, and I know that there are some do's and don'ts with the cat shelters um, you know, as far as what you put in the shelter and how big the hole should be because you don't want every, uh, you don't want every raccoon and skunk in the world to take up residence. Right, exactly. I think Feral Cat Focus or Alley Cat Allies um, online has some good uh, basic instructions and about how to build those houses. 
Uh, absolutely. And like I said, there are wrong things you can put in a house that you, you think you're doing the right thing by the feral cats, but you're not doing the right thing uh, in the long run. Veterinarian Dr. Helen Sweeney is with us on News Radio 930 WBEN, uh, one of our favorite guests. And uh, when I, you know, when, when we think about dogs like Siberian Huskies, well, Siberia gets pretty cold in Siberia. Um, how long should a dog like a Siberian Husky uh, be allowed to be outside in weather such as that, which we are seeing? I mean, personally, I would, it depends on the age of the dog, uh, the conditioning of the dog. If it's been outside the whole time, I mean, this is really their kind of weather. Um, You'll see them preferring to be outside sometimes. The problem with um, breeds like Huskies is they're also the ones that like to escape and travel for 10, 15 miles. So I would not let them out by themselves. If they want to go outside and play, then throw on multiple, multiple layers and, you know, play with them. But I would not leave them outside by themselves. But they do like to be outside. Oh, those Huskies. I, I, I love Huskies. I really do. But uh, they'll, they'll dig tunnels underneath your fence and escape. Uh, my neighbor Bruce had a Husky uh, for many, many years, Tasha. And she would love to frolic in the snow, but he certainly didn't leave her out there any longer, you know, it, it, to any degree of time where you thought, hey, that dog's been out an awful long time. May Tasha's dogly soul rest in peace. Um, Dr. Helen Sweeney, veterinarian, is with us on WBEN. Um, I guess uh, Alan was watching video the other day of uh, the polar bear at the zoo, uh, and the polar bear clearly loves the weather. Oh, yeah. I love watching them play in the weather. Yeah, I mean that's this is what they're this is what they're born for. This is uh, this is where they're born. This is where they live in nature. Uh, well, and they're just having a, a jolly good time at the Buffalo Zoo. Um, we we've talked about dogs, um, and I want to talk for a moment about cats. You know, I'm very partial to cats. Uh, my cats have all well, all but one have been indoor cats. The other one lived in my garage for many many years. But when it got this cold, I took her into the basement and kept her in a pa- uh, in a cage in the basement because I had to because she did not like uh, she did not like Glenna cat at all and would attack her. And we certainly couldn't have that in the house. But there are still cats that people have, and they let them in, they let them out. And when a cat is used to going out, the cat will sit there by the door and meow and jump up at the door. Um, what is somebody to do when they've got an indoor-outdoor cat that really wants to go out in this weather? Any any special tips? Um, well, sometimes you want to make sure they have a place that they um, – with some shelter outside. Um, and like I said, I mean, it, it can be heated. They can have those um, low-wattage blankets and things like that. Um, sometimes if there's – especially if they're on the lean side, and I hate to recommend more food, but if they're on the lean side, they're going to need a little bit more food just because it's cold outside. They need an extra layer of fat. Uh, don't let get me wrong. Most 90% of cats already have that extra layer of fat, so just take that to heart and depending on your cat's condition. Hmm. Uh, now, obviously, the feral cats have been living outside for years in all kinds of weather conditions, but in terms of uh, breeds, it, would it be the case that uh, something like a, a Maine Coon cat would do better outside in weather like this in a typical domestic short hair? Um, it kind of depends. I mean, if they're used to being outside, their coat has gotten thick just from being outside. Hmm. So whether it's a domestic short hair, medium hair, long hair, you know, anything like that, I mean, any cat that has 
very thick hair is going to do better. But it also depends, you know, they've lived in Florida and all of a sudden you move to Buffalo and then they want to go outside. They're not going to have the kind of coat that can deal with it. Oh, well, at least they don't have to worry about uh, the iguanas around western New York, at least not yet. If it, if, if it was this cold in Florida, the iguanas would be plunging from trees, and uh, once the weather would warm up, they would revivify, come back to life. It's kind of freaky the way they do that, um, like Walt Disney's going to do at some point in the future. Um, Dr. <laughs> Helen Sweeney, veterinarian, did anything that you want to get across to my pet-owning listeners that uh, you believe they need to know, and maybe the agricultural people as well? Um, just make sure, you know, food and water is plenty. I know a lot of veterinary practices, especially in the South Towns, have not been able to open. So double check on your medications if you have enough. Um, sometimes they have limited hours, so definitely call. With the weekend coming up, there's probably going to be more closures. Um, agriculture, just they need to provide shelter um, and food and water and shelter from the wind, especially, um, including the snow. Well, Dr. Helen Sweeney, it is always a pleasure, and uh, thank you very much. I think you may have relieved a lot of listeners whose dogs aren't going number two and doing their business. Eventually, it will come out, uh, barring some obstruction, and that has telltale signs, which you can certainly look up uh, online. Dr. Helen, thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. Helen Sweeney. DVM on the Trocare College WBEN live line. Coming up on WBEN, the mayor of North Tonawanda, and it is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Tanner Saunders is behind the glass doing a magnificent job, as always, uh, and everybody here at the station just doing a tremendous job um, for you, and uh, this is this is why we exist. We are the station that truly is here when you need it the most. Uh, Tom Puckett, of course, will have the full hour of news from 6 until 7. And then uh, 7 until 10, uh, Joe Beaver makes a special weeknight appearance on News Radio 930 WBEN from 7 to 10. So uh, don't go anywhere. Lots to come. Just seems appropriate. The band. I pulled into Nazareth, was feeling about half past ten. I just need some place where I can. All right, this is not our last waltz by any means. Uh, we're going to be here with you live and local. Tom Puckett with Buffalo's Evening News from 6 until 7. Joe Beamer uh, takes your calls, talks to guests between 7 and 10 right here on WBEN. So thanks a lot for making us a part of your day. It is much appreciated. Joining us right now from North Tonawanda, where there is a driving ban, we have Mayor Austin Tylek. Uh, Mr. Mayor, thanks very much. I appreciate you joining us on the Trocare College WBEN Live Line. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, talk to us about the driving ban and uh, when it went into effect and the factors that uh, caused you to uh, enact it. Yeah, so around 2.30 today, we officially put in a, a state of emergency, which is sort of the first step, and then a travel ban with that. You know, the weather has been so funky today, all over the place. Everything you're told uh, yesterday about today has been different. You know, we're in communication with the county, different uh, officials throughout western New York, just seeing what's going on with the weather. And what it comes down to is really we're just being proactive, cautionary, because, you know, you you get criticized if you do, if you don't. But in the end, I'd, I'd rather lean on the side of caution. 
Well, uh, frankly, those are some of the words I would have liked to have heard from uh, officials in Erie County yesterday because uh, I don't see much of a difference between uh, the storm that we just went through, uh, round one, and then round two. Um, Now, with the travel ban, uh, we might have people who went to work in Buffalo in areas where there was not a travel ban, and they're at work now, and they've got to get home uh, to Sweeney Street. What what are you going to do? Very good point. So obviously essential employees are, are the main piece that can travel uh, uh, throughout North Tonawanda or anywhere with the travel ban. But what it comes down to, if, if someone's at work and they're going home, our police, I've already talked to our police chief, we're not going to be going after people, right? We just want to make sure everyone gets home safe. We want to keep the roads clear so our DPW can keep doing what they're doing, which they'll be plowing into the night. But I, I know I heard stories in Erie County about all these tickets, and I think people got arrested or something. That, that's not what we're trying to accomplish here. A lot of businesses already closed prior to this travel ban. Um, it, it really just comes down to safety. We're not trying to, you know, make money or, or really, uh, um, you know, go after people if they're just trying to get home or, or whatnot. Well, I mean, and that's, uh, you know, obviously officer discretion is a very valuable part of uh, what a police officer does uh, every single day. And if you're listening and you live in North Tonawanda and you went to work today and there was no travel ban, either where you have to work or in North Tonawanda, uh, coming home, you're not going to have to worry about it. But if you are coming from uh, Williamsville to try to get a drink in North Tonawanda at one of the (laughs) fine establishments I have been known to frequent, like, you know, next to the Riviera, um, that would be a problem that's not really uh that's the, even though i'm an essential personnel i'm not an essential drinker yeah well i'm guessing you're referencing dwyer's you frequent yes, dwyer's quite often then love it and uh a lot of those restaurants aren't open i spoke to the owner of dockside i believe he was open not too long ago i, I i'm not sure if he c- is continuing to be open but you know it, it's just erring on the side of caution and you can understand too sometimes it's you kind of got to make the the big splash with a travel ban just to really try and reduce traffic and make people think, do I really need to go out and get that, you know, McDonald's cheeseburger right now? Or, or can I just sit tight and make sure that the city can do what we need to do? Um, and and I, I would say we are going to be reevaluating um, throughout the night, too. So you might see in a few hours that we lift it. We're just not sure because the weather has been very odd. Well, you know, what you're doing, and I think this is a very important point, um, what you are doing, by the way, the city of Tonawanda is about to be added to the travel ban. Uh, this is uh, unofficial, but we are expecting an official announcement. Oh, you want, you, you want to add to that? I know you speak for North Tonawanda, but the city of Tonawanda is your, uh, is your, your, your southern neighbor, so can you discuss what you know? Yeah, I, uh, Mayor John White in the city of Tonawanda and I, we work on a lot of projects. We stay in touch, and I talked to him a couple times today. I believe they did issue a, a travel ban. Um, I don't know if it goes until 6 a.m. as well, but I saw that he had posted something online, too. And, and you know, that's the other piece of this. So the weather kind of hits spots differently, and oftentimes uh, mayors, supervisors will communicate because like you said, some might work or be somewhere else than where they live, and it just helps us all as a whole. So if someone's planning to go somewhere else and, you know, if we both have travel bans, it, it just makes it lighter on everyone. We're kind of helping our neighboring communities as well. That's another piece of it. 
You know, that that's a great point because look, nobody nobody likes to be told they can't drive. But on the no. other hand on the other hand, look, um, I've done this long enough. I've talked to enough people uh, and listened to Sandy Beach back in the day, talking to enough people <laughs> stranded on the state thruway and stuck in their cars during the blizzard to say, you know what, even if there's not a driving ban officially mm-hmm. where you are, it, just because you can drive doesn't mean you need to drive. And and there's sure. a big difference. And what you are doing, in my opinion anyway, is making it easier on your uh, city servants, uh, the police officers, your EMS, and your plow drivers, mm-hmm. because the fewer cars on the road, obviously, the less time they have to spend uh, with obstructed roads, um, on accident calls, etc., and and the more efficient the plows can be. So to me, anyway, I'm not a big fan of bands. The libertarian part of me recoils in sheer in sheer horror. But but there comes a time when common sense has to uh, has to play a role. And you know, even a guy like me, I've got absolutely zero issues with uh, with what you've done. Hell, I would have done it yesterday for Erie County. Yeah, it, Erie County definitely has seen it the worst, you know. But but you make a valid point here. It, it, if someone gets stuck in the road because of the snow, you know, ban or not, if, then our public services help, have to help them. While you know, someone could be having a heart attack somewhere else, and we don't get to them in time. So it's all these different factors at play here. And I know myself included. Everyone's thinking last year's storm, which was just a historical thing, and a lot of us are comparing it like that's nothing. You know, today's nothing compared to what it was last year. But again, you know, all storms vary, and, and we're taking caution. Um, yeah, and the the, the are, are you basically was the determining factor in your decision to enact the state of emergency and the driving ban in North Tonawanda the uh, prediction that the band is in fact going to start moving south again, and as it moves south, it's going to pick up moisture from Lake Erie, which will increase the volume of snow, which will increase the whiteouts. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, it's been all over the place. You know, I heard there's gonna, we're going to be hit tonight, tomorrow morning. You know, it it wasn't supposed to hit us this afternoon. I'm looking out City Hall's window earlier today. It was crazy with snow and wind and so on. And then I'm looking at my phone. It says there's no snow. So, you know, it, it's just, again, erring on the side of caution here. And the school district, there, our school district is closed today. I was speaking to our superintendent of schools, uh, Mr. Watilla. And he's even uh, wondering what he's going to do for tomorrow, because you have to also consider if we get hit tonight, our DPW is top notch. They'll handle the roads, but sidewalks, right? People aren't going to be able to get out there and shovel sidewalks if we get hit overnight. And those kids who are going to be walking to school, you know, teachers who live outside of our school district getting here, again, a lot of different pieces. And yeah, and it's, you know, it's not just that from a logistical point of view. If you've got teachers who live in areas where there are driving bans, uh, they're not going to be able to get to work uh, in a legal yep. fashion. I, I had I had an appointment canceled um, earlier this morning because the staff could not get into work because uh, much of the staff resided a fair enough distance away from the office to which I was going that uh, they, they couldn't run the, the machines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the case across the boards and a lot of municipalities lifted their um, residency requirements, too. You know, so it's across the board. There's all these different factors because, you know, obviously there's criticism online. I see a couple of comments questioning it. And of course, you know, right now I'm looking out the window. It's a little windy, not a ton of snow. But, you know, in two hours, there could be a ton of snow. You know, you you can't lift it, put it in place back and forth, back and forth. You kind of got to stand your ground for a bit and 
and ride it out and see how it goes and, and just play on the safe side. Uh, it is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN, and uh, we are talking with the mayor of North Tonawanda, Austin Tylek, who has put a travel ban and a state of emergency into effect. Uh, the city of Tonawanda also doing the same thing, and you know, that frankly is a good idea because you don't want people. Again, it's it's the old you know where does the boundary begin, where does it end, and geez, can I sneak into North Tonawanda and grab something? And uh, this way, in, in the city of Tonawanda, with 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 both of those municipalities doing the same thing there's greater cohesion um and it makes uh, in my opinion uh, it makes uh, a lot of sense especially when you have this uh, oscillating band of snow I'm, I'm by the way david bellavia is still leading me by a considerable considerable margin in the use of the word oscillating but i'm going to try to keep up um as as mayor of uh, north tonawanda um can you kind of take us behind the scenes at City Hall and uh, what you have been doing at uh, your command center, which I presume is your office as far as monitoring thing and uh, monitoring sure. things and keeping up to date with uh, DPW and everything? Yeah, so uh, generally with these situations, obviously I got four different uh, news uh, sites up or weather sites up on my screen. I'm in communication with, you know, emergency services in the the county, Mr. Schultz, great guy, our DPW superintendent, uh, Mr. Zellner, our police and fire chiefs, um, you know, other municipalities as well, our school district uh, superintendent. You know, it, it's uh, kind of a coordinated effort here to make sure that we're, we're all on the same page. And, and obviously different news outlets as well, just to get the message out there. We're on Facebook. We have our newsletter. You know, any means possible, just keep people in the loop. I think that's obviously one of the biggest uh, pieces is communication, you know, I, and I, Erie County, however you feel, I, I think they've been communicating a ton, uh, you know, last few days. And I think it is a response to last year where they were really hit hard. You know, everyone was, but, but there was just so much going on in, in Erie County. And, uh, you know, we, we were able to keep our head above water last year. Our, our DPW did a fantastic job. Um, you know, and communication is really just the key uh, with all that people want to know what's going on. And, and as things change every 30 minutes, um, you know, it's our responsibility to uh, keep them in the loop. We're talking with uh, Mayor Austin Tylek of uh, the city of North Tonawanda, uh, and he enacted the travel ban and state of emergency at 2.30 this afternoon, correct? Correct. Now, um, how badly did you guys get slammed overnight in North Tonawanda? So it looked like it was about a foot of snow uh, that we woke up to. I mean, it's been on and off, but it accumulated, you know, in the past, I'd say, 48 hours to about a foot or so. Um, so, you know, Erie County definitely got bigger hit with it. But, um, you know, it's still a little uneasy to drive. You know, I saw some cars um, kind of off on the side, you know, on some of the more major streets. But, but uh, no major accidents that we've seen so far. Well, as you know, uh, I think you're a lifelong Western New Yorker, I think I saw in your bio. Yep. Um, as you know, uh, winter driving is great, and you wonder about travel bans until you get into the heaviest band of snow and you start questioning your own judgment. What have I done? <laughs> yeah, that that's correct. I, we don't have any major highways that go uh, through North Tonawanda. You know, Niagara Falls Boulevard and River Road, I would say, were, are two of the, the biggest uh, routes through our city, but... But no, you get a whiteout conditions while you're driving. It's very unsettling. Um, you know, it's varied throughout the day, though. And, um, 
you know, we um, we obviously in North Tonawanda too. We we haven't seen any major power outages like other municipalities. Uh, we do have services in case anyone does lose uh, power in a neighbor or a major area. So we we utilize our volunteer fire companies as a shelter until National Grid can get in there and fix things. So luckily, um, we we haven't seen that so far. And I presume that National Grid has assets pre-positioned in North Tonawanda or close enough to NT to be of use? Oh, yeah. Over the last few days, you can see them stationed at different locations ready to go. And, you know, we uh, as, you know, in this position, there are regional reps that we are in contact with in, in any situation that does come about. Well, it sounds it sounds like you've got this, and of course, uh, what we're in right now isn't a sprint; it's a marathon. And for many of us, this this weather could not be hitting at a worse time, uh, depending on what is going on in our lives at any given moment. But, uh, Mr. Mayor, I want to thank you. Is there anything I did not ask you that you want to get across to the public of North Tonawanda? Um, no, I, I think I think you got it right. I like the word oscillating in regards <laughs> to the storm. It, it's been fluctuating quite a bit, and. Uh, we're, again, just erring on the side of caution and hoping people just sit tight and uh, just keep informed on what's going on and when we do eventually lift it. All right, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for joining us on the Trocare College WBEN Live Line. Mayor Austin Tylek of North Tonawanda, a state of emergency and a driving ban put into effect. Also, the city of Tonawanda uh, with a driving ban, and Alan Harris went through the list before. And uh, we already have some school closings that have been announced. Uh, the superintendent of Niagara Falls Schools, Mark Laurie, told us earlier that uh, he'll be making a decision this evening on whether Niagara Falls Schools are going to be open or not tomorrow. And uh, basically, he like all of us, a prisoner of exactly what this lake effect band is going to do. It's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. I'll be joining David Bellavia bright and early tomorrow at 11 a.m. And uh, we're going to be going until 6 o'clock because, as I've said, clearly we have issues on WBEN. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. Hopefully, we've been of some help to you today uh, on News Radio 930 WBEN. Poor Susan Rose had to be bailed out by her husband, Tim Wenger, uh, earlier this morning on her way to work. So it's been a long day for Tim. And, uh, you know, all of us in our lives, uh, you know, we, we wear many hats and there are many balls that we juggle. And uh, being an early morning rescuer of our news anchor, to whom he is married, is just one of many hats worn by Tim Wenger. Um, coming up, we'll have Tom Puckett with Buffalo's Evening News from 6 until 7. Joe Beamer continues live and local from 7 until 10 on News Radio 930 WBEN. And let's go right now to the Trocare College WBEN live line and bring in Channel 7 meteorologist Aaron Mentkowski. Aaron, I don't know where and how you find the energy to join us on such a regular basis, but we're grateful for coffee or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of ice caps. I'm not a big coffee fan, which, uh, you know, I work the morning show and everyone's surprised, but never liked the taste of it. So, uh, you know, I live on the ice caps. It gets me through the, through these uh, these days. We've been tracking this lake effect snow band. Um, you know, we, you and I talked this weekend how round two would really pummel the area again. Uh, late Tuesday, Wednesday, and into Thursday, and it's exactly what happened. The band right now has weakened a bit, so that's some good news. Unfortunately, as it continues to sag southward back toward Buffalo, the band will pick up uh, some strength, and we'll have snowfall rates again of about 2 to 3 inches per hour this evening and through the overnight hours. 
Now, as I understand it, I mean, I've been on the air since uh, 1 o'clock, and I've been watching, like everybody, I guess, the radar uh, all day long trying to figure out what's happening next. But the, uh, mm-hmm. the, amount, of sh- the amount of shrinkage, <laughs> the amount of shrinkage that we've seen with the uh, weather band has been significant. And the heaviest band right now, or the heaviest part of the band, looks like it's over Alabama. And then uh, there's a part to the northeast of Clarence that also looks like it's pretty intense. But... Um, the shrinkage of the band, is that a function of it having moved away from Lake Erie? Yeah, you know, when you don't have the winds aligned over the lake, uh, you do lose uh, a lot of the energy from for the uh, lake effect snow band. So you are seeing that that Oakfield, Alabama area, uh, northwestern Genesee County, southwestern Orleans, northeastern Erie, still dealing with a pretty impressive snowfall band, and then a lull uh, back toward the lake. However, the band will re-energize as we start to see the winds become more southwesterly, picking up the moisture across the entire length of Lake Erie, the fetch of the lake, and we'll see the snow start to re-energize the band as it moves southward back toward Buffalo as we get into uh, this evening and then shifting southward overnight, unfortunately, back into those hard-hit south towns that we're finally able to dig out today after picking up uh, 20 to 30 inches of snow overnight. Um, yeah, un- unbelievable. I, I want to get to the uh, the micro picture of the hour by hour in just uh, a moment here. But the macro picture, I don't think I'm alone in asking, when is this going to end? <laughs> Late Thursday. So we'll have the warning runs until 7 p.m. tomorrow. Unfortunately, a long-lasting event. So we have the band now uh, in kind of a transition state drifting southward back toward Buffalo. Areas to the east and northeast will start to pick up some more snow. And then overnight, it's in the south towns. And then during the day on Thursday, it moves back toward Buffalo late Thursday morning. And then Thursday afternoon, we'll have a general snow as the system moves in. And it'll disrupt the band. So the band will come to an end. We'll have a general snow and then a general light snow again on Friday. Finally, Saturday, the snow showers taper off. And as we look toward game day Sunday, the weather looks just fine. Well, in the name of all that is holy, Aaron Metkowski, please assure everybody listening that there's nothing lurking around the weather corner that we're going to say, hey, you know what, next week, next Wednesday, we might be going through this all again. No, if we anything we're going through next week will be a rain-snow mixture. Uh, temperatures are back above the freezing mark next week. Uh, looking at your 8- to 14-day outlook, temperatures are expected to be well above normal. So we have some big changes. Uh, we're going to go back to our El Nino pattern that we've had pretty much all winter, except for this week, uh, where we saw the dip in the jet stream and brought us uh, the cold snap. But now we're going to get out of that, and temperatures expected to be above normal as we head right to the end of January and into the start of a new month. Um, That is uh, good news. That is very good news, I think, uh, for a lot of people, including uh, the various uh, people uh, in charge, as well as the people whose job it is to plow the residences and plow the streets on which we all drive, unless there's a ban, of course. Meteorologist Aaron Metkowski from Channel 7 is with us on News Radio 930 WBEN. Did it surprise you at all, given the modeling, um, how far to the north uh, today's band went? Yes, yeah. You know, uh, the band, uh, the 
Winter weather advisory was issued for Niagara County this morning for the band getting up into southern portions of Niagara County. Uh, expected the band to stay south of Route 104, but uh, up uh, in Niagara County picked up uh, a fair amount of snowfall, especially the locations a little closer to the Erie County line, North Tonawanda, uh, Pendleton, uh, you know, even Niagara Falls had a couple hours of heavy snow. So, uh, yeah, the band, uh, you know, that's lake effect snow. We said it was moving northward, um, you know, all day yesterday and all this morning how the band was going to push uh, northward into northern Erie and southern Niagara County. But it held pretty strong into Niagara County. So, uh, you know, those folks picked up uh, a little more snow than anticipated. And now that band drifting back southward. That's, uh, you know, you can have all the modeling and uh, the best computers and the you know technology and experience. But still, uh, lake effect snow, uh, I say the beauty and frustration of it. Hmm. Sometimes it just uh, does its own thing. And even if it moves a mile or two further north than anticipated and hits some, you know, higher residential areas, it does change things. And that's you know, what we, happened. If we could just fill in Lake Erie, this would all go away. <laughs> Maybe put a dome over it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be one <laughs> hell of a dome. That'd be one of the world's greatest <laughs> engineering feats ever. Uh, meteorologist Aaron Metkowski is with us on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. Um, about, oh, uh, actually, talking about Niagara County, we had the superintendent of Niagara Falls Schools on with us earlier, uh, Mark Lurie, and he's going to have to make a decision early this evening at some point as far as whether or not to open Niagara Falls Schools. Uh, what do you see in the meteorological future for tomorrow for Niagara Falls? Well, they're going to see some more snowfall tomorrow. The advisory for uh, Niagara County uh, is in effect until just 7 p.m. this evening. There's not another one after that. And the winds, those will diminish uh, into tomorrow, overnight tonight and into tomorrow. So that's some good news because those winds have caused uh, a lot of issues. I guess it it all depends on um, how well they've been able to uh, clear the streets they're going to pick up about one to three inches of snow on thursday as the band shifts northward the morning will be fine in niagara county but in the afternoon similar to what we saw kind of today they'll pick a couple more inches of snowfall up but as of right now there are no advisories posted um but uh you know maybe today after the snowfall they would want to close them but as far as the weather is concerned one to three inches of snow with winds around five to 15 miles per hour gusting near 20. Uh, not not the, uh, uh, the most major of events up in Niagara Falls tomorrow, uh, but, uh, um, you know, that uh, the, the snow does return tomorrow afternoon. And uh, one last question for you, and that is, at what sure. time do you anticipate uh, the band getting into a position where it's going to be able to use Lake Erie as a battery and then charge itself up again? What time? Around 7 or 8 p.m., uh, looking out over the lake, we're starting to see um, you know some parts of the, the band get itself uh, back together. We had a weak disturbance move through, kind of shifted the winds and disrupted the band. Uh, that's what we're going through right now. That uh, disturbance is going to move uh, past uh, Lake Erie and then allow the winds to become more southwesterly again and then west-southwesterly, pushing the band even further southward. And like I mentioned, you get the winds over the lake, and over the uh, you know the fetch of the lake, the band will re-energize. So it won't be as intense tonight as it was last night, but still some areas in the south towns could pick up another 4 to 6 to 12 inches of snow if the band stays over your area. Good news, the band is going to move uh, you know uh, a bit overnight. Well, Aaron Menkowski, meteorologist, uh, Channel 7, thank you so much for joining us. Much appreciated, and uh, it's a marathon, not a, not a sprint, so uh, keep that in mind. Exactly. All right. Take care, Tom.
Right. Thanks, man. Uh, Aaron Mikowski on the Trocare College WBEN live line. Uh, joining us right now on WBEN, we have the supervisor of West Seneca uh, on the Trocare College WBEN live line, Gary Dixon. Uh, Mr. Supervisor of West Seneca, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. So what is the situation right now in West Seneca? So, so right now it's uh, quiet. Uh, after the uh, up to 36 inches we got last night, um, the uh, roads uh, are clear. Uh, the residential roads, all of our big roads are, are pretty clear. Um, people are just, you know, digging out. Um, we're, we're looking forward to uh, getting some more snow this evening. Looking forward to in a positive way or a negative way? Well, you know, in West Seneca, our highway department is, and our police and our emergency people, they are well experienced in this sort of thing. I mean, they did it last year. They did it in 2014. So, uh, you know, we know what we're doing. Uh, You know, we have residents who are, uh, for the most part, patient. And um, so, you know, we just take it in stride and uh, we will certainly be happy to be to have not so many inches uh, tonight. But uh, if we get what they're predicting, then, you know, we'll deal with that. Hey, when that band stuck around um, in the South Towns and Lackawanna and South Buffalo and you guys got hit with the uh, um, inches of snow you did overnight, how much did that throw off your uh, snow removal and other plans? Well, that was that was brutal because uh, we we were looking pretty comfortable yesterday evening, um, so you know when, and and supported the lifting of the uh, the travel ban, uh, yeah, and we weren't not you know they were not predicting you know like I say up to thirty six inches in, in West Seneca, and, uh, and I think we were at the Bullseye you know and us in North uh, Orchard Park, South Chituaga, Lackawanna, South Buffalo, but uh, so yeah, it definitely did throw us off uh you know i supported the reinstitution of the uh, travel ban uh we did get an exemption for the private uh uh, plow trucks so they could work in during the ban i think that was very important um but you know so we're back uh we're back with clean you know relatively with passable streets now and uh, you know if we don't get hit too hard uh over overnight uh you know they'll they'll be okay in the morning um, stand by uh, through the news, uh, if you would. It's going to be about, uh, well, it's going to be a little while, uh, but have some more questions for the West Seneca Supervisor Gary Dixon on News Radio 930. WBEN, stay with us. News with Tom Puckett is coming up next. All right, welcome. Uh, it is Bowerly on News Radio 930, WBEN. Good to have you with us on uh, the station that is uh, here when you need us the most. Sounds rather presumptuous, doesn't it? Uh, coming up, well, we are, you know. Coming up 6 to 7, Tom Puckett with uh, Buffalo's Evening News. And then Joe Beamer uh, will be here from 7 until 10 p.m., which is good because that's the time when this band, which has had considerable uh, shrinkage during the afternoon, uh, is going to revivify with the uh, water from Lake Erie and the, uh, well, not you know, as it gets closer to the lake in the direction of the wind, I guess, would be the operative thing to say. Um, now, the mayor of um, uh, North Tonawanda, 
said that uh, he'd heard that there were some arrests from the driving ban. I have not heard that myself. The only thing I can think of is that during a vehicle stop, there might have been somebody uh, with an outstanding warrant of significance enough to uh, bring them in. That's the only thing I can think of because I've not been able to independently verify that. Um, but that might be an explanation if, in fact, uh, people were taken in uh, after being pulled over for violating the uh, travel bans. Joining us right now on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN, we have the supervisor of West Seneca, which got pounded pretty good uh, overnight, over 30 inches of snow, Gary Dixon, the uh, West Supervisor. Uh, West Seneca supervisor on the Trocare College WBEN live line. Uh, Gary, let's uh, talk about uh, driving bans. Uh, what what sure. have you been through in uh, West Seneca? Well, we've uh, you know we had the first driving ban, uh, and uh, that went that went pretty well. Uh, that was lifted because of the we did not think. Uh, that there was going to be as much snow coming down last night as, as turned out uh, to happen. So, uh, but you know, when I woke up at 5:30, you know, we had the highway superintendent said we had about 36 inches of new snow, and uh, I absolutely supported the, uh, the the county executive's you know implementation of a travel ban. Uh, I did ask that uh, he exempt uh, the private uh, plow drivers so they could start working, and um, he completely agreed. So. They are, unlike the previous one, the plow drivers are out. Uh, unless I'm missing something, the travel bans that were put into place this time were at the municipal level and not the county-wide level. I think there was a travel advisory, but not a ban? No. Uh, I mean, maybe it was a mix, but uh, it, it was it – was, uh, ours was the county, and I think the county may have reinforced the, the, the town ones, but um, uh, it was definitely from the county. Do you need to get county approval as supervisor before you implement a driving ban in your municipality? No, you don't. You would just have to declare an, uh, you have to, uh, an emergency, and then you can issue these emergency orders. I mean, personally, I think a, 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 a driving ban that is spotty is kind of uh, counterproductive. Uh, you know, these are regional events, uh, these snow, these snow storms, and I think that should be a uh, the ban should be you know regional. Uh, instead of you know one town doing this, one town doing that, maybe they're lifting them at different times, and and it just confuses uh, the public. And um, so I, you know, I think it's this. This is a, a time when a, a county level is is uh, appropriate. Well, I I absolutely uh, agree with that, and said so yesterday afternoon um, because there's very little difference between round two of this storm as opposed to round one, where they had the news conference with the governor, the county executive, and the mayor. And you know, just just when I thought they'd learned the lessons from the blizzard of '22, uh, they don't put in a driving ban, uh, which is of great help to law enforcement. is It is of great help to EMS and the tow truck operators. So uh, I, I definitely agree with you on that because substantively I mean as you know with over 30 inches of snow in West Seneca uh, very little difference between this and round one yeah I think you're right uh, I, I think um, I guess the difference was uh, last night wasn't uh, really predicted uh, I think we thought maybe we'd get 12 inches maybe 15 inches but I don't think uh, you know we definitely didn't think we would get what we got um, so, uh, and it was very focused, you know, it was West Seneca and then, you know, South Buffalo, South Chitawaga, Lancaster, North Orchard Park, uh, Lackawanna. So, um, 
I think it just caught people by surprise, and the weather will tend to do that. Well, with these uh, lake effect bands, you know, they're very dynamic. They're not static. You never know quite what they're going to do. The same thing happened uh, during the blizzard of 22 when we had a band of snow which was parked over Buffalo and uh, went into Amherst and Chictawaga, and those communities got uh, absolutely hammered um, with the uh, snowfall during the blizzard of 2022. And I want to get back to the the private plow operator thing because that uh, topic came up yesterday when we had a plow driver call in. And my logic on this is, okay, um, you have essential personnel that has to get to the hospitals, they have to get to the nursing homes, um, they have to get to the police department and put on their uniform, they've got to get to the fire departments uh, as volunteers uh, or professional firefighters, uh, they have to uh, get to uh, the DPW to drive the, uh, the, the plow for the municipality. Where are they going to get the fuel for their own vehicles? They're going to get it from gas stations. So in order to have gas stations open, they need to be plowed. Therefore, private plows should always be exempted. I, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I had asked our highway superintendent, Brian Adams, if, if he, if he you know, concurred, and uh, he did. So that's why I recommended it. Um, and, and as you, I'm sure you know from, from your house, I mean, when you get a big storm like that, uh, if you wait until the storm is over, you know, then you then it's almost impossible sometimes to 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 move the snow. You want to be able to do it, uh, you know, while it's happening. You want to be able to, you know, get a foot or two and then another foot or two. You know, then you take care of that. If you wait until until the end, you know, you may you may not be able to dig out. Well, I have some really awesome neighbors uh, who take care of me and some awesome friends who take care of me, and I take care of them uh, when I see them out, believe me. So uh, you're, you're right, though, uh, especially after the blizzard of 22. It was like trying to move wet concrete. It wasn't a lot of fun. We had to bring in some special equipment. Yeah, the saving grace of last night was that that was much lighter snow, uh, so it was a lot easier. Even though it was three feet, uh, you know, in West Seneca, it, we were able to move it uh, pretty easily. So, and, and so it was a lot better than the first round. Well, you know, in, in Lancaster, Lancaster, like West Seneca, Lancaster is a very big and expansive town and some parts of Lancaster got it not so bad and other parts have been getting absolutely hammered, like well over a foot of snow. A lot of people with aching backs around the Lancaster, uh, Elma border today. Um, were there any parts of West Seneca that got drilled, especially harshly? Uh, I think overall we were pretty pretty equal throughout the town. I think we were we were basically the bullseye, and uh, you know, so every part of it got hit, um, which is sometimes unusual. You know, sometimes you get you don't find that, but I think we were pretty much everybody got uh, got mm-hmm. hammered. Talking with uh, Gary. <laughs> getting hammered. I don't doubt that people are doing that at home as we speak. Um, Gary Dixon is with us, uh, supervisor of West Seneca on News Radio 930 WBEN. Um, the, uh, obviously, the wind chill is uh, of concern with wind chills uh, right now in the single digits. Um, as far as, uh, I mean, you've got a lot of people in West Seneca who are going to be getting to Orchard Park on Sunday. Do you have any concern about West Seneca residents and their uh, safe ingress and egress from the stadium? Well, everything I hear is that uh, it's supposed to have uh, passed uh, by then. Uh, right. So we have we might have a band that goes through, but maybe it won't be as strong as they originally thought. It's not snowing right now anyways. 
uh, and then some some generalized uh, snow, maybe you know Friday or whatever. So I, I, you know, this is west. This is Western New York. People should expect snow, and they should know how to drive in it, and just uh, you know respect the weather, and uh, you won't get uh, in trouble. And I also think knowing when not to drive, uh, one of the points I've tried to make is just because you can drive because there's not a travel ban in effect doesn't mean you have to drive or you should drive. Uh, if there's no good reason for you to get out there, let the EMS and let the plow people do what they've got to do. And I'd, I'd like you to address the, the common sense thing because uh, you know I had a situation this morning where I had an appointment and the place where I had the appointment called bright and early in the morning, which is always a great way to wake up, uh, saying that they had to cancel the appointment because a staff called in, they couldn't get to work. And I have to presume that not all staff uh, were included in the driving ban. I think, uh, is it is it your belief also that uh, people have a respect for the weather, especially this generation, after the blizzard of 22, and even when there wasn't a driving ban in effect, exercise their good common sense? Oh, definitely. I think uh, people learned their lesson last year. And, uh, you know, the vast majority of residents in West Seneca are very sensible people, just like in everybody else in Western New York. Uh, you know, you always get your a few people on social media who who want to complain, but uh, you know, my experience that's a very very tiny minority. All right, what is your message right now, as of about quarter to six, uh, to the residents of your town, West Seneca? Whatever Mother Nature throws at us, uh, we will handle. Uh, town uh, offices will be closed tomorrow. Um, the driving ban uh, still is in effect. Uh, we'll see if that, uh, how long that lasts. But all the residential streets should be or are, are, are passable. All the major streets are open. So uh, just you know, be safe and uh, be be prudent. You know, if, just just be careful driving. Indeed. Uh, Supervisor, thank you very much uh, for joining us. I really appreciate your time on the Trocare College WBEN live line. Uh, That is the supervisor of West Seneca, Gary Dixon, joining us on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, The time is uh, 546, and it looks like we have uh, the opportunity to uh, open up the uh, telephone lines uh, to you uh, on News Radio 930 WBEN. Um, How have you fared with round two of the January 2024 storm? How have you fared? How many of you uh, started going to work this morning and you turned around and said, "Uh uh-uh, no can do? 803-0930 is the phone number. I'd suggest you call quickly because time is rapidly becoming a factor. 803-0930 is the uh, phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. I'm wondering uh, how many of you who didn't even live in an area where there was a driving ban in effect, looked out the window, looked at the top of your car if you park outside. And the top of the car is always like my barometer when I park outside. Like, all right, what is the top of the Oh, that looks pretty bad. Uh, did, were, were your employers, without naming them, uh, were they understanding that uh, it would be, even though there wasn't a, an illegality about what you might do if you were driving in, that uh, your own personal safety uh, was first and foremost, and were they understanding? Um, 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Um, obviously, we have had some traffic uh, issues today, but... The traffic volume, as we've heard in the traffic reports, uh, considerably less 
than it would be on an ordinary day. And I think that that helped to um, mitigate the situation. And I think that uh, your common sense helped to mitigate the situation. I think that uh, many of you, um, once we started getting into the weather um, here yesterday, uh, many of you may have gotten your grocery shopping done. Many of you may have gotten your uh, prescription medications refilled yesterday while the getting was good because uh, in many parts of western New York, at least earlier this morning, uh, it was an absolute uh, maelstrom of snow that descended upon us overnight. And during the afternoon hours, um, it depends on where you are, of course. During the afternoon hours, as we pointed out, the band of snow shrank considerably when it was over Niagara and into Orleans counties. But it is moving to the south. It's creeping steadily like a stealthy cat on the prowl. Uh, and once it gets to a certain spot um, south of where it is now, it is going to draw energy from the lake. And you will see what is now uh, a rather, you know, just a portion of its former self. You will see it expand once again and then uh, bring some more snow overnight. And this uh, lake snow warning doesn't end until tomorrow. And uh, I think I speak for many of you when uh, I said to Aaron Metkowski, Please tell us there isn't something else lurking around the corner that you're looking at for next Wednesday or next Tuesday because, uh, you know, again, we all we all have lives. We all juggle balls and uh, not literally, of course, just metaphorically. We all have a lot of things that we're juggling and uh, we all have things going on in our lives and the weather can really put a, a damper on uh, certain things that we need to uh, get done. Uh, certain things which, uh, you know, in our lives may be extremely important. But these things happen in western New York. Uh, it is January. It's western New York. And oddly enough, it snows. Always has. Always will. Until, of course, global warming turns us into Florida. <coughs> 803 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go to Sam in Buffalo. Sam, thank you for calling. What's on your mind? Tom, thanks for taking my call. I'm calling from South Buffalo. In fact, I just returned home. I dug myself out this morning um, and uh, had to go up to Tonawanda uh, for work and then just got back. So a good job to all the crews for plowing the streets here in South Buffalo. Um, I wanted to thank you for mentioning nursing home workers as essential workers. Um, and uh, as much as we definitely love and appreciate everything that our law enforcement officers are doing out there, if they're listening, please allow the CNAs and the LPNs uh, to get to work and go through the driving bans. We had a, somebody issued a ticket today, um, and they were told that they had to turn around. Um, so if you could make an exception for those essential workers, um, they are the lifeblood of our facilities and do the hardest work, hands-on work with the residents who require three meals a day and require the care uh, by these essential workers. So thanks, Tom, for thinking well, of us. And time out. Us today. Sam, time out just a moment. What position did the ticketed worker hold at the nursing home? Uh, CNA, which is uh, certified nursing assistants, the ones that do most of the hands-on care, okay. the lowest-paid people, the hardest workers for sure. Okay, 
uh, if I were that person, I would absolutely fight that ticket. In fact, I would write a letter to the police chief and the supervisor explaining the essential nature of a nursing home worker. And I don't know if Mark Polenkars uh, has ever had a loved one in a nursing home, but uh, it's not a lot of fun for the people in the nursing home. And the people who do that work, uh, as Sam says, they're like the hardest working people and the lowest paid people while the out-of-state owners collect billions of dollars. Uh, These people bust their humps in often, let's just say, less than pleasant environments. And I, I think any reasonable, logical person would say that a certified nursing assistant in a nursing home should be essential personnel. And I think the police officer that issued that ticket needs a solid lesson in officer discretion. What a what a tool move. Thank you, Tom. All right. Thank you uh, very much. All right. That pisses me off uh, tremendously because, you know, anybody in the healthcare field, uh, whether it's a hospital, a nursing home, a rehab facility, guess what? The residents of those facilities and the patients of those facilities, they do need to be fed. They need to be, in many cases, changed. They need to be moved into position in bed so they don't get bed sores. And the idea that um, it it must have been a younger cop, uh, an inexperienced officer, that's all I can say. But, you know, before that person takes it to court, um, I would would contact the – I would contract the, uh, the prosecutor in the town in which the ticket was issued uh, and explain the nature of what you do and see if they're not willing to just drop the case altogether, drop the charge altogether. And again, what a stupid tool move uh, if, if a cop wrote that kind of a ticket for somebody involved in that kind of work. Apparently, the cop has never had somebody in a nursing home, and uh, that can change your uh, perception uh, a lot. Uh, and it's just like the whole, oh, tow trucks are not exempt personnel. Oh, really? In fact, we have a local politician who thinks that media people are not essential personnel, which is really interesting because I have a letter from the Federal Emergency Management Agency from COVID, which says I am an essential worker. And uh, if the county executive feels he knows more than FEMA, uh, he can take that up with President Biden, his buddy. Uh, it is uh, 556. The letter was issued during the Trump administration, though, so maybe that just doesn't hold that much water. Uh, It is uh, 556. Oh, I'm pissed off by that story. At News Radio 930, WBEN. Yeah, contact the prosecutor and tell him what you do and maybe get a note from your supervisor because that's absurd. Uh, It's Bowerly. Thank you. And I am a supporter of law enforcement. You all know that big time. But uh, when I hear about tool moves like that, I understand why people uh, have their issues with law enforcement. And that's a real tool move. 803, none of my friends would do that, by the way. 803-0930. Actually, I don't know why I'm giving the phone number because coming up next, it's Tom Puckett and Buffalo's Evening News, followed by Joe Beamer, live and local as the storm regroups, reforms, and revivifies itself. Uh, 7 to 10, Joe Beamer on News Radio 930 WBEN. Tomorrow, uh, I will be joining David Bellavia uh, starting at 11 o'clock in the morning because clearly, um, clearly, I do have issues. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.